Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. His mom is named Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh, my God. Mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! You are impressions. Uh, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a, a dog. dog. <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, jinx! Holy shit! How did that actually happen? Here we go. Last thing I want to be remembered as is an annoying blabbermouth. You know, nothing really grinds my gears worse than some chowderhead that doesn't know when to keep his big trap shut. ODM, today during this show, if you catch me running off at the mouth, you just give me a little poke in the chubs. Here it is, we're back. It's Wednesday and you know what that means. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is here only so many episodes left for the season. Kind of sad. I don't know what I'm going to do. But we have a lot today. It's a big, big show. And uh, I'm not talking Paul White. We are talking full gear results from that, of course. We are talking our Monday Night Wars look back, as we have been doing 25 years later. And this week we're talking the Survivor Series of 96 and Raw Nitro, and there's some great in-ring promos that actually happen b- during both shows, and it works out great because today's top topic is none, o- none other than the top 25 wrestlers on the mic of all time. I have to say wrestlers because that takes out your guys like Cornette and... Uh, Bobby Heenan, because I'm like, man, Bobby Heenan, Heyman, thank you. I mean, wait, who are you? You're not even here yet. No one's talking. You You play with your balls a lot. (laughs) I do not play with my balls. Larry Bird doesn't do as much ball handling in one night as you do in one hour. Hey, do you know what I want? uh, Another couple of balls and an extra set of fingers. I didn't know if we were going to connect on that one this week. Hey, welcome to the show, ODM. That was beautiful. That's such a good one. Oh, God, that's one of the most underrated lines in the movie. There's so many great lines, but John Candy's another uh, set of testicles and an extra pair of fingers I or whatever. God, I love that. That's such a good one. And you know that, of course, what we're doing is we're, we're ripping out some movie quotes, as we like to do. Last week was a uh, little bit of a, a hockey movie, eh? 
It was Slapshot. Obviously not one of the professor's normal <laughs> picks, but we all know that ODM had to have it at some point. He actually put it in there and said, you know this is going to happen at some point. But, man, my bar- my dogs are barking today, but I am excited for today's topic. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the wars, but more than anything, I'm excited to talk about AEW's full gear from this past Saturday night. I myself watched it live every second. And uh, one thing I, I got to bring to news first before we get into that. Dude, did you know that episode 14 of next season will be our 100th episode? That shit cray. Dude, I didn't think we'd get there. Wow. Well... Not that I didn't think we would get there as in, like, well, ever, but I, I thought maybe it would take some time, but things just kind of got off and running, having a good time, and, you know, they signed us a multi-year deal with uh, multi-seasons. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with it. Gave us Joe Rogan But money. that being said, yeah, that being said, we are going to be doing a giveaway. That's right, a giveaway. And the plan is this, from here all the way into the 14th episode, which here's the deal. We're taking a break for a couple of weeks. We're going to enjoy the holidays, have a little bit of time with our, our kids. I haven't been home in years. And we're going to, oh, wow, that just, God damn, you're welcome. I didn't even think that was even going to work today. But we just are going to. with the flow. I love it. I love it. Hey, man, those aren't pillows. But we are going to be taking a little bit of time off. But then once January hits, we're back because we don't want to miss too much time from the Monday Night Wars and all the other good stuff that's going on in wrestling. So taking mainly you know December off. That being said, from now all the way until that 14th episode that happens for season four, if I, I think you and I agree to this. Everybody, every listener, all you have to do to become a contestant in this giveaway is share the podcast, share an episode, share a quote, anything that we've ever done on any one of our social media pages. However, you have to tag us, tag us for sure tag the top of wrestling and with that being said what you will get is the very first we don't even have this what's funny about this all right (laughs) here's a funny thing is that we the the, it's funny to say the 14th episode i try to keep it at a a certain number the first season 25 second season i said 25 but the problem is the hermanos day whatever destruction they they made us to have an extra episode to the season than we anticipated it was only what a week later we're like well that counts so it should be the 15th episode technically <laughs> that we would be celebrating this right. on this one we have 35 episodes this season but thanks to the hermanos and the cease and desist. That being said, this giveaway is the very first Top of Wrestling Podcast shirt that is official with the new logo. 
only two of the other of the other logo were ever made. <laughs> wow, can you imagine how much money they'll be worth? Uh, it's got We're going to put the Hermanos out of business. Yeah, I mean, shit, might be able to get a cheeseburger with it. <laughs> you know what? That's funny because speaking of cheeseburger, you know, every time when I when I fly, I always order a special meal on 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 one airline you know what i always go with the seafood salad on american i have their kosher plate a little slice of salami some roast beef and some turkey dry rye bread very nice now if i want to fly united i say i'm traveling with a youngster and they give me a kitty plate that's a hot dog a baked potato chips a gherkin and a nice bag of oreos Mmm. i forgot what we're talking about I got no follow-up to that. I'm just going to let you run with it. I've already got it. Let me close this conversation. Never seen a guy get picked up by his testicles before. (laughs) I I was trying to get a helium balloon here just so I could do it. It just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. My balls. (laughs) So we are going to be giving away the very first ever top of wrestling well, first giveaway for us, but also the first T-shirt that is to be made of this new logo. Again, all you'll have to do is share us. Share the top of wrestling. I don't care if you show it on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anything. We are here. You share it anytime. And here's the deal. The more you share you get every time that you do a sharing and you tag us you're entered in that drawing if you do it every day from here all the way till the the day of the 14th episode you're probably gonna win that fucking shirt (laughs) but share it as much as you can top of wrestling episode 100 but again all you have to do is just hashtag or share or uh, tag us, as you kiddos like to call it, the top of wrestling. Maybe, maybe Tiger will win and he can use it to wipe his tears when I take his fucking belt. Oh, dude, and it's funny because <laughs> what 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 ODM is referring to in that is our draft. And um, he's not only beating everyone, the next closest person is like exactly half of what you have. Yeah, they're about 150. 40 points off behind. Yeah. You're at like 450 in there. I thought they were at like 210 or some shit. Like no, that. I was two, like, wow. up, up to about 300 now. Yeah. So, but I ain't sweating it because it ends about four days from when this gets released. And hopefully I'll have that title for the last episode. So I could show it off. What's funny. What's funny is that I heard that they were thinking about redoing a new title. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, do you get to keep, do the- I just get to keep Kelly? defunct Kelly Kapowski title. That'd be awesome. Oh, man. That'd be awesome. Oh. I hope you get to... Do you get to keep it for a full year? Till the end of the next season. Oh, man. We can make some great jokes with that. Oh, we're going to do a lot of promo shots for uh, for the podcast here. Oh, oh, one more disclaimer for this contest. Nick Opalowski, you are not allowed to enter. Well, he hasn't... <laughs> uh, not yet. Hasn't given us a secret code um, yet. Yeah, that's true. He didn't even say option eight. Hey, one other piece of news before we talk about AEW. Some big news actually just came out Monday morning, and that is that on night one of Wrestle Kingdom 16, 
the World Championship will be defended. Shingo Takagi will be taking on the G1 Climax winner, Kazuchika Okada. And on night two, the winner takes on Will Ospreay. So I'll take Okada Osprey for a thousand, please, Alex. Hell yeah. Dude, here's the thing, though. <coughs> They're doing three nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Really? Man, who's the third? I know. It's, yeah, it's a little too much. But if you could pull it off, I'll, I'll give you the credit. Maybe, I don't know. I actually don't know. I have no answers to it. Never mind. I would put, If that was night three, but I'm like... But you're only saying that's night two, so what's the what's in store? But this past week, you had Dynamite, you had Rampage, and yeah, some stuff happened. But let's really get into the meat and potatoes of what happened this past Saturday night. It was AEW Full Gear. A lot of notes here. Hang on, ODM. I got notes. <laughs> oh, this was great. Hang on. Move my beer out of the way. Here we go. Opening match, kudos to, they even said it on the pre-show. They said, and we have just got word that the first match to kick it off will be, and they show the graphic of Darby Allen and MJF. And I was like, oh my God, you're going to get my blood pumping in the very first match. Excellent opener. I thought they were going to open with the Falls Cow Anywhere match, to be honest with you. But, you know, to kind of get the crowd really riled up but they went with a meaningful match and two guys that this isn't just like a curtain jerker match this is a very solid opener match that people are going to talk about for a while because Darby did come to wrestle but Darby and MJF dude Darby had one of the sickest fastest suicide dives and he did it through the bottom rope and hit MJF so hard and so fast. I was like, oh, someone has a dislocated shoulder. That has to be. Great killed, match what, between the both of them. It's what killed La Parca. Yeah, for real. Um, So, look, man, you know, kind of like how we, we try not to fuck with Mongo because of recent situations in life? Sure, sure. I understand. I'm still going to do it, but yeah. Okay, J.R., Oh, he called Darby, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, and MJF the four pillows of wrestling. I fucking lost it when, and it wasn't. <laughs> no, it's not even like he was like pillows, like it was like pillars, like it was like he said pillows of wrestling, and I was like, oh yes, 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 we're <laughs> off to a good start. Um, in two matches, we'll be talking about his flunders again. Um, but as we knew it would happen, MJF gets the win and said he, he could beat Darby with a side headlock takeover and pins him with just that after hitting him with the ring. So, you know, a hundred percent what we thought was going to happen. Something very heelish. Wardlow didn't even make his way to the ringside. Uh, he was about to, and so was Sean Spears. And Sting met him on the ramp and beat the piss out of everybody with a chair, which is pretty cool. So I, I was down with that moment. Second match, the Lucha Brothers defending against FTR. It was right away, right off the bat, man. I mean, yeah. one thing we've talked about, you got all the promos out of the way in the pre-show. 
The only promos they really had promos, like video packages for, were your big bouts. And basically it was Punk and Kingston in uh, the main event yeah. at best. Pretty oh no, they did do the Jericho. They, they did the do the uh yeah, the inner circle and American yeah. top team. But um really and my wife said it, she was watching, and she goes, Well, that was an anticlimactic finish. And I go, Yeah, and I even wrote it down that way too. And I and dude, hundred percent anticlimactic. They had some weird so FTR put on the green masks. Yeah, I got they, confused. You know, won the triple well, they did it, and then when they rolled in the ring, uh, not Dax, um, Cash. Cash Wheeler gets pinned, and he was legally the right man. And it just ended, and even the crowd was like, okay. Like, it was like, why'd you even use the masks at all if it was just going to be that way? And I think maybe if the commentators had pulled it off better, being like, they did kind of say it, that, that they knew who it was, they were able to tell. And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, the one has a whole fucking carpet on his chest, so yeah, you could tell which one is which. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It was just a weird finish. And then the ma- next match had kind of, a, or no, no. Uh, yeah, the next match had kind of a weird finish too. Uh, but it it was Danielson defeating yeah. Miro. But, what were your it thoughts was, on the finish of this one? It was it was a really solid match. I liked it. Uh, you know, kind of knew Danielson was going to go over, but I kept hoping that Miro would win. But it was still a good match. See, but the but the ending was I actually. In- go ahead. I, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. You, something I actually said to my wife. I go, everyone and their mother is expecting Danielson to win this because Miro wasn't supposed to be in it. And I mm-hmm. go, swerve everyone, make Miro win this one because then. He stays strong as fuck. Danielson get his way in the title picture. We don't need him in there right now. You know what I mean? Like, it, right. And especially with how the night ends, I don't understand why, but we'll get there. Like, it would have made sense yes. the other way with Miro winning. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it was weird. The only thing that they they tried on commentaries commentary to say, oh, you know, uh, Danielson knows that Miro's neck is his weakness. It was like a weird like. Was it like a superplex, and then he did like a weird DDT, and then yeah. rolled into uh, the label lock, and and they just called it. It was really it was weird. A weird, and he it looked like it, like he got know, knocked like, out. Like the spot wasn't yeah, like the spot went wrong on that DDT. It did look like it, yeah, but I guess that's what they were tried for. It just it fell flat. It didn't really work out very well. Daniel Bryan did a great job. Oh, that's not me saying that. That was JR, like fucking 10 times. Again, credit to my wife. She looks up, she goes, yo, is he going to get in trouble for saying it like that? I go, nah, he has a pass because he's JR. I'm like, but with everything also going on in his life, people aren't going to fucking say shit to him. But then he got real quiet for like a good five minutes of the match. And then he just kept going, great takeover. Oh, yeah. Like he was just doing side. I'm like, just don't say the name. I, I bet you on like, Kind of like how Vince talks to people on the mic. I bet you they're like, hey, Jared, do me a favor, man. Could you just uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up for a couple minutes, maybe, or just not mention anybody's name from here on out? Like, just, we don't need pronouns, pal. It was just the way it was going, and also you just went silent, and it because it was a lot, and then he just stopped talking for a minute. I go, this is only Excalibur and uh, Tony right now. Tony had a great line. Uh, not till later. We'll get there. I was happy with it. He did a great line. Um, Falls Count Anywhere match was just exactly what we thought it was going to be. Yep. Um, 
it just a you know all over the place spot fest melee. Yeah, exactly. Spot fest, hundred percent. And I, the I, Bucks I, come out with purple on their uh, oh goatees God. and mustache, which I love. Yeah, I did like Adam Cole's Bret Hart inspired ring gear. That was pretty badass. Yep. Yep. Well, they were all in pink of some form, and right. yes, his was exactly. Um, and the end is Christian's about to do the concerto to Matt Jackson, and instead Jungle Boy comes over and goes, let me do it. But before he does, looks up at the heavens and then slams the chair down, kind of like to his dad, Luke Perry. Sorry, you know what I mean? And I'm like... Yeah. If you're going to bring this into the storyline, okay, but like I don't get it. I'm like, well, you have to look up. Yeah. That sounds really stupid, but I'm like, are we going somewhere down the road with this? Are you going to keep talking about it? I think it's just more about his character in general and, you know, kind of just puts it over that, you know, it, it kind of brings it in with a little bit indirectly without bringing it in. Uh, you know, it is a callback to earlier in the match where he went to do it. Christian asked him to do it and he hesitated because he didn't want to do it. Um, right. So. Yeah, there's that. I, my favorite part was uh, Luchasaurus did that moonsault off the stage onto everybody, and, and, J- and Jungle Boy's just he looks over, he goes, "What the fuck?" <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments. Uh, kind of cool, uh, kind of cool to sell your teammates' stuff. You right? know what I mean, that's that's a smart move. I like it. Yeah, definitely. I thought it worked, but it was a spot fest. It's what nothing. It's what we expected. Yep, we had two of those matches in this card. Um, Pack and Cody Rose taking on Andrade Del Rio. Nope, nope, that's El Idolo and Malachi Black. And Cody and Pack take the win, and they ended it the right way. Pack defeating Andrade, which is kind of capping off their feud because they had two matches on Rampage, one apiece, and now he gets the pin here. Best part two, best part of the match. Uh, first Cody. Getting those hardcore John Cena boos every oh God, it was time awkward. he got in the ring. And he still oh tried to babyface it up. It didn't work. Um, but best part of the match, uh, Jose, he's Andrade's manager, <laughs> gets face-to-face with Arn Anderson. Arn <laughs> puts his hand down his own pants and pulls out a finger gun of a Glock and does a boom at this dude, and the guy runs. Oh, it was just fucking fantastic. I'm like, he's bringing the Glock into... Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Arn. We're, we're going to keep talking a lot about Arn today. I'm excited about that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> WWE, you guys had that revolution or evolution or whatever you want to call, call it for the women. And it died down, right? Let's be honest. You guys don't treat them like you did in that one minute. Like, for a little bit, they're like, you know, there's a Me Too movement going on out there. Let's everybody rally behind the women. I'm not, that's just kind of a a controversial dickish thing to say, but let's be honest. They don't push the women anywhere near as they used to. No. The way Britt Baker is presented is just phenomenal. She's a star. And the way, oh my God. And they have a guitarist come out to the ring playing her theme. And I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. It was Fozzie's guitarist. <laughs> and I was like, you know, Jericho's like, I got him. We just pay him like 150 bucks. He'll do that, man. We're fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, but it was cool. 
what I'm saying is you have you're making her look like a star and not just some fireworks and shit. I thought it was really cool. No one expected her to be played out to the ring by anybody. I just thought it was a cool move. Um, her match with Ty Conti, really, you know, I've watched Ty's matches before. This match, it was good. It was really, really good. My one issue, after each pin, if you don't get her, Ty, you don't have to drop your jaw and look at the audience and be like, oh, my God, each time. You I'm save like, that. You save five, that for the end. 10, 15. I'm like, easily like, no fucking bullshit. Like, three minutes of the match could have cut off if she kept her fucking mouth closed and got back into the match. It was really odd that she just kept dropping her jaw being like, oh, my God. Guess what? You're a wrestler. Not everything's going to fucking work. It was just bothersome to me. That's that's personal. Yeah. The, what did you think of the match? I know, saw you kind of shake your head. You didn't think it was that good? No. So, I mean, Britt Baker's amazing. Maybe it's just because I haven't seen a good women's match in a while. <laughs> so, you know, Anna Jay, before she got injured, was really making a lot of progress, especially in ring. She was looking really good. And Ty Conti, I like Ty Conti, but she had, you know, we've talked about this before, and, and don't at me because it has nothing to do with the fact that they're women. But... A lot of times in women's matches, there's a lot of stutter stepping and like a Mm -hmm. lot of pausing before a spot. It doesn't look as crisp and fluid. And maybe it's just because they're not getting the screen time. Maybe it's just, I don't know what it is, but certain female wrestlers I've noticed and it's certain male wrestlers too. It's not just female. No, but you know what? You're right. It did. I was literally thinking about like, it did have a couple of. She did that spot where she had uh, all three of them in the corner. She had Jamie Hayter. Reba, Reba was screaming. Her. She sounded like me at a Bills game. It was kind of disturbing. Uh, but she was in one corner, and then they had Britt in the other corner, and Ty just went from one, hit somebody in the corner, ran back to the corner, hit the other person, and it just looked stagey. It, it was, it was, there was too much of a pause. It, it didn't look crisp. Right. Kind of took me out of it, which is a shame because I was looking forward to this match. Yeah, it was. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't the best. Obviously, it wasn't the best match on the card. It may have been actually probably close to the worst one, but that's not yeah. really saying a lot. You know what I mean? I'm, I, it was still a decent match. I was okay with it. I still watched it. You know what I mean? Right. So it was good. Then we get to CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. Whew. Your thoughts first. Uh, well, going back to uh, the Jurassic Express match, uh, Adam Cole got some color, baby. And uh, apparently, oh, that's right. Thank you. I didn't. I yeah. I, yeah. I, I, good call. I didn't even bring that up. Thank yeah, you. You got some crazy. Not the first color. time we're gonna actually talk about uh, get getting juice. Well, CM Punk apparently said, "You know what? I'll raise you one." Uh, I don't remember ever seeing or the last time that I saw CM Punk bleed so much. Uh, maybe it's just because I haven't seen him wrestle in well six and a quarter in six and three quarters years. Um, this was I haven't seen him bleed since Ring of Honor. I don't think yeah. he bled that much ever I in don't WWE. Think so either, but they had that policy. But so here's the thing. There was a moment in this match where Punk was getting booed and Kingston oh, not a was moment. getting cheered. It was several a good, moments. Uh, yeah, several moments. Um my favorite part was Punk doing the five moves of death or the seven moves of death. Bloody face. Five moves looking of doom. Into, yep. Looking into the camera with his hand up in the air. Fucking Moment of the night for me. Some of the crowd chanting Cena. 
most booing. Now, here is one, I guess, let me think of the word I want to call this, um, irk of the night. One thing that kind of bothered me. In the Lucha Bros versus FTR, FTR did the Three uh, three Amigos. Mm -hmm. They tried doing the Three Amigos, and the crowd started booing. And then right before the third, Penta reverses, starts doing the shimmy himself, gets all three. Crowd starts chanting Eddie. This is the death of his, or the anniversary anniversary. of his death on this date. Punk does the three amigos. I'm like, "Mm." it's one of those things in wrestling. It's like if someone does a certain kind of move or a certain spot, right? Like if someone does like a 450 splash, you're not doing a 450 splash. And the three amigos is kind of a big thing. You know what I mean? Like of all the things that you could have done. But he did it because he said he was fucking with the crowd because first he like I, I read an interview he said he wanted to fuck with the crowd with the Cena thing but he also that is a nod to Eddie he did uh, actually perform with Eddie but also he goes I'm also facing Eddie Kingston so you're chanting either way Eddie here oh. is the crazy part he is getting booed heavily as he does the GTS to Eddie. When he pins him, he whispers to him, and I and I was like, oh, the only time I wish I was goddamn a fly on the mat right there to hear what he just said. And I'm like, it had to be something like, you're goddamn over, kid, or fuck you, they're booing me. Like, something funny, like, because, you know, he's cool, he gets it. Right. Why I bring that up is they have their media scrums, and um, afterwards, his interview, he said... That's what he loves about pro wrestling and fans. Back in Ring of Honor, he goes, on a nightly basis, it changed. You could be the most over guy the next night. People just want to fucking boo you, and that's okay. And he goes, you don't have to be marketed or say certain things because you're being told to do it because you have to be booed a certain way. And the funniest part, he goes, and I'm talking about before my time with WWE, and he goes, F. And he even laughs, and everybody who's asking questions in there just starts laughing because he goes, F. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, he didn't care. And I, I just thought it was funny, too. Um, I think he's one of those guys that was absolutely fine with being booed. He was the right guy to be booed. Tony Khan said that he is, he compares that to The Rock getting booed at WrestleMania over Hogan. I found that kind of a weird stretch, Tony, to be honest with you. A little bit of a weird stretch, but okay, I get what you're saying. (laughs) Now, rate B, or, and so obviously Punk gets the, uh, the, the win. The next match is the street fight. When I fell asleep. American top team. Did you? Nah. American top team and, uh, inner circle. Inner circle goes over. Jericho paying homage to Eddie as well. Does a frog frog splash, looks up at him, points up. It's cool. Um, Grabs a stapler out at one point and gets Dan Lambert right in the nuts, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, They did enough funny, good spots that people stayed involved after being so amped up during the Kingston Punk match, I think, personally. And as you've heard many times already, I'm sure by now, and as you heard in our intro in the uh, beginning of the show, Adam Page is the fourth 
AEW World Champion. Did not see that coming. I was totally behind Kenny Omega. I'm not sure about you. Yeah, I'm pretty. I was pretty positive Omega was going to win. The only thing that's come out is that he was dealing with a lot of injuries, uh, so it sounds like he's going to take some time off. Which I don't know if they booked it that way because of that. I did see an article that said Tony Khan had the first four champs planned out already. Anyway, uh, so there's a lot of a lot of speculation to go on here. I just don't know what's going to happen because one thing that I'm thinking. This is, this is, you know, again, conspiracy theory time with ODM. Uh, mm-hmm. what, we already talked about uh, Okada being name dropped a lot. All right, you're not going to have Okada face Hangman, though. I think that would be a great match, and that would definitely put Hangman over. But I don't know if we're necessarily there yet. Um, no, what, no, what I, I don't what think I, that. What I think is... I don't think Omega... No. And, or I'm sorry, I don't think Okada and Paige. No, not yet. Not yet. Maybe in a couple years. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. But what I'm thinking is Danielson is the number one contender. He faces Hangman. Danielson turns heel. And then Okada comes in and faces. He doesn't take the title, though. Page keeps it. Danielson turns heel. Oh. Okada comes in, faces Danielson. Okay. All right. Well, I could be okay with that. I mean, you'd cream your fucking pants right if that match that was going to not going to happen. <laughs> you'd cream your pants if that fucking match got booked. <laughs> so would I. We'd be showing each other our catch rags. Uh, well, <laughs> I would, but as I had said to you, six bucks and my right nut says that that's not happening. <laughs> well, if I wanted a joke, um, I'd watch you in the, go into the men's room and take a leak. <laughs> <laughs> You're going the wrong way. <laughs> How does he know which way we're going? <laughs> Doing the mess around, everybody Dude, do the mess around. <laughs> do you have any idea how many things have mocked that? Or not mocked, but put it in it. Uh, Family Guy did it at one point with one of their Star Wars episodes. And the other one was in Ted. I think Ted too. He's doing the same thing, playing mess around, smoking. I love that. Um <laughs> We were robbed. <coughs> Gee, do you, you think, think so? <laughs> Empty. Uh, all right. Well, we will have to see what happens with AEW. Um, I will say that we do have a new man who is all elite. Black Machismo. Holy That's right. Shit. Jay Lethal. Does a professor call shit or does a professor call shit? Briscoes are coming next. Woo! Briscoes are coming don't, next. Don't do it. Don't do it to me. Don't do it to me. Don't make me excited. Don't don't make me have to I'm take a pause you. in this episode. You know what's happening. All right. Well, speaking of Jay Lethal, him being so elite, he challenged and it was accepted. It is going to be the TNT title with him versus Sammy Guevara tonight on Dynamite. Also, we get the amazing Evil Uno. <laughs> I don't like this match. <laughs> I don't like this match. But Brian Danielson is taking on Evil Uno. Um, Oh, God, I forgot. Speaking of Okada, I got a fucking issue with something, man. So last week on Dynamite, they announced that Orange Cassidy and a couple other guys are now official members. I saw. That's what I was talking chaos. about. Chaos. Yeah, I know. And I go, oh, that's well, why I, I no longer like Chaos. That's why I think Okada's but, showing up. Yeah. 
Okay, that's fine, but why does it... Then his first objective <sighs> should give a fucking rainmaker to Orange Juice. So... I hope so. Tonight, we're getting Butcher and Blade versus Orange Cassidy in Tamahiro Ishii. Replace Orange with anybody in the entire world, and this would be a cool match. Trent? You put Orange Cassidy in... Oh, I miss Trent. I know. Where has he been? Injured. Oh, God. I, he... That's a member of chaos. That's a real member of chaos. Anyway, tonight we're going to get the acclaimed versus Leo Rush and Dante Martin. We were supposed to get Rush and Martin versus, um, I think the Seidals or something recently, but uh, Leo Rush's (coughs) grandmother, I think, passed away. They made mention of it right before the pay-per-view on the pre-show. I saw a a tweet from Dante. It was fucking great. It was somebody making fun of the acclaimed, and it said the acclaimed look like uh, guys that are too afraid to buy tampons for their girls. And I I think it was Dante. if If I got this wrong, I am so sorry. But I think it was Dante. He goes, I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) it was just just such a great blatant response right right um this is no joke i could google what is a tampon i have not you see professor what happens with a woman when she reaches a certain age is If there's grass on the field, anyway, so oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> he God. Wikipedia. Never mind. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we, yeah. That's a fucking trustworthy site. Why don't I just go to fucking uh, kfabenews.com? A- anybody? All right, but also tonight <laughs> we're gonna get Nyla Rose. <laughs> we're gonna get Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida in the TBS tournament. So hopefully, what I would like to see is. Serena Deeb costs Sheeta another match, and they keep this feud going. Because to me, that's actually one of the more... That's way more compelling than the entire TBS tournament, to be honest Agreed. Uh, So the next pay-per-view that we will be talking about is Revolution 2022. I would like to say Royal Rumble, but I don't think they even have fucking 30 guys anymore. For real. Well, it's that time of the week, man. Let's get the tables. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! I get it. Wrestling is, I guess, scripted. I guess. I hate to bring that to you, man, but it is. But you could still make it look real at times. AEW, after every one of their pay-per-views has what's called a media scrum. No different than an NBA game. No different than a major league game. You know who does it quite a bit is New Japan. Japan. I love it. They do it all the time. WWE just has like a post show or a fallout where you maybe get a couple people that come up to your podium and talk while the wrestler's in the background. But to, to me, the media scrum are real media people. And they are. This isn't. This part is not kayfabe. It's not like they have fake people in there. It's actually wrestling Inc. It's pro wrestling. Like all those big uh, names that we all get our sources from. People are there and actually doing their their real media work, and they're the ones actually asking those questions. If you have not watched it, they just had one after 
full gear. Danielson's on there. Jay Lethal's on there. Punk is on there, and that's where he uh, makes the joke about WWF. Um, it's it, Tony Khan is on there just fucking beyond ear to ear. I don't even know what you want to call it for that kind of smile. The dude, he just looks like every day is Christmas. To Adderall's him. a hell of a drug. <laughs> but no Wyndham. No Wyndham. You know what I, th- I thought could happen? Right after Paige won the title and all of the Dark Order was in the ring, I was like, shut the lights off right now. Please fucking shut the lights off and have him go down and the, the Dark Order is behind it. and everything. It Just wishful thinking, but nothing with Wyndham yet. He actually, so I'm just saying, you know, he signed I, I just want to finish. Yeah, the, the media scrum to me is... I, I if you haven't watched it, go for it. But yes, Wyndham has signed on to to a Hollywood is movie. It? I did see that, so he might not be wrestling for a while. Good, I like that. You know why? Because now when you randomly come out of nowhere and no one expects it, that's even better. Imagine that pop when you expect it. It's cool. Like people were hoping and begging for Le- Lesnar the night after WrestleMania, and he showed up on Raw that one time. Mega pop because people got what they wanted, but sometimes it's good to get people, give people what they want and not tell them. Sure, you know what I mean. Like we had an idea, Punk was coming, especially Tony going. I have no plan to disappoint anybody tonight. Well, I guess this is really happening. I would rather see Wyndham come absolutely out of nowhere. So we got time. We'll see what happens. What are you bringing to the table this this week, good sir? Well, I, I decided to call an audible based on a discussion that we had uh, earlier uh, <clears throat> prior to the show. So I'm just going to go ahead and cut a promo on that boy uh, because Ooh. you know what? You know what? It, you know, it, 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 Listen, you know what a real man does? When a real man makes a mistake, when a real man makes a mistake, he owns up to it and he fucking moves on with his life. That's what a real fucking man does. What a pussy ass punk ass bitch does. And I'm not even going to go to the obvious point. I'm not going to leave that out of there because I don't need that. All right. What a punk does is, oh, you did that. Well, fuck you then. And then just walks off after X amount of years. So you know what? Fuck you, that boy. Fuck you. You know what? I, I, the fact that you just did that, that's like, I, I, I appreciate that, man. I, I, I love that. And I love you for that. So I was going to say something about you earlier, but really, I mean, that boy, I mean, not everything is an anecdote, that boy. You have to you discriminate. You choose things that are funny or mildly amusing or interesting. You know, you're a miracle. Your stories have absolutely none of that. They're not even amusing accidentally. (laughs) Honey, I'd like you to meet that boy. He's got some amusing anecdotes for you. Oh, and here's a gun so you can blow your brains out. You'll thank me for it. There's more. I could go on. There's more. (laughs) Like a chatty Cathy doll. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had to get that. In there. How could you do this with? How, how could you uh, stand something like this? Because I've been with that boy. <laughs> I can take anything. Man, I love it. Good, good topic this week, man. You're you're a good dude. You're good shit. Love you, ODM. Speaking of good shit, next week Nightwing's back with his final one of the season, which will be good to know. Hmm. We only have two episodes left. Of the season. Did you know that? After today. You just froze and I'm just hearing like pings. 
Okay, good, good. You're hearing everything I'm saying to you. Good, 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 good conversation. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? We're going to become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! D-Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! We got you! I'm Owen. <laughs> People train goes out another town. <laughs> See, there could have been two different ways I did that. It could have done. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I need. I, I I can't sleep at night. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. You know what, man. We'd have more luck playing pickup sticks with our butt cheeks and getting a flight out of here before daylight. There you go. That's one of my favorite lines. All right, man. It is time for 1996 Survivor Series. It is held at Madison Square Garden. And you know what? It's not a church, but it's holy grounds. That's what we hear Brett say quite a bit on the lead-up to this, and I actually remember that. I got this pay-per-view. I remember this one very fondly. What's crazy is after re-watching it and then watching Raw the next night, I think I didn't realize something, and we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there, about Vader. Didn't even recognize that the very first time I watched it. Um, but go ahead. let's You list it off, and we will talk about each match. Let's talk about the Survivor Series from 1996. All right, we open with Bulldog Owen and the New Rockers with Clarence Mason versus our newly arrived tag team, Doug Furness and Philip Lafon with the Godwins. <coughs> Excuse me. One of the things, you know, Marty Jannetty, I'm wondering if this is like on his way out because uh, he bricked a rope spot. Uh, he got thrown in the ropes and just fucking trips over his own feet and falls to the ground. It was fucking. Well, can we, can we jump ahead then? I mean, jump ahead where you want to jump to. Monday night. Oh. Oh, that's right. Jesus Christ. Then no, let's not jump ahead. Holy shit. Why did you make that connection? Okay. Well, there we go. I didn't recognize it until Monday, and I watch it, and I go, no shit. Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. All right, so yes. So, yeah. Um, Please, go on. And he's the first to get eliminated uh, by Henry Godwin. You know, he's immediately eliminated. Henry Godwin's, oh, God, immediately eliminated after that by Owen. Uh, after that, Phineas gets eliminated uh, by Bulldog. Uh, Furnace at one point drops. He bricks a drop kick. <laughs> like they drop. Ah, normally, he's got a really devastating drop kick. Uh, he just didn't seem to connect there. <laughs> okay, guys. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, 
oh, uh, Cassidy gets eliminated by LaFon. Bulldog eliminated by LaFon. Uh, Bulldog ends up chop-blocking LaFon's knee after he gets eliminated. Uh, Furnace uh, eliminates Owen with a flurry of suplexes. And uh, Furnace and LaFon are your uh, survivors. Uh, really putting yeah. over the new talent here. I'm sure they're going to go far. I mean. I got to be honest. Putting myself back in the time of when this came or when this actually happened. I was a fan of that team right off the bat. Yeah. I was like, wow. It just was that old school wrestling tag team, man. They were just, they were wrestling. They were in there because they, they talk about their collegiate backgrounds. Mm-hmm. It was just, they're, they're great wrestlers. Um, I had hopes for them. It didn't pan out, obviously, but I had higher hopes for them being tag champs in WWF at that time. Yeah. Well, at least they got an opportunity. Uh, we get Kevin Kelly in the bowels of the building with Mankind and Bear, and the only thing I took away from this promo was Mankind called Paul Bear Uncle Paul. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, after that, we get the Mankind. Well, that's the first of forever. That's gonna, He's going to hold on to that from here until <laughs> ever. I love that. Uh, so that leads us into the Mankind uh, Taker match. Uh, Bear is supposed to be suspended in the shark cage uh, above the ring. Um, and they're definitely teasing up that Taker's going to return like we've never seen him before. Uh, this marks his six-year anniversary uh, since his debut at Survivor Series. Uh, so Bearer is refusing to get into the cage, uh, and then Taker's music hits, and he descends from the rafters with a bat cape. Forgot all about the bat cape. Uh, and this is where he definitely does, does come back a little bit new. Uh, he's got the leather on. He's got the teardrop. He's got his hair all done up nice and pretty. Uh, got the real dark goatee. It's not a beard. Right. Or it's just, it's a real strong goatee. But yeah, the, the teardrop like he fucking killed somebody. <laughs> well, I, kayfabe, pal. Uh, Bear ends up getting in the cage to hide from Taker. Um, <laughs> JR, we have a cage cam. All right, we have a cage cam. Uh, Thanks, JR. We're starting to see Taker use some more traditional moves, uh, wrestling moves. I thought that was really cool. It wasn't just the slow, methodical, you know, big man moves. I mean, he was doing yep. some MMA shit almost. It was it was pretty cool to see. Uh, and Taker actually, to, to kind of work off of that, uh, he was working Mankind's uh, mandible claw hand and arm. So it'd be hard for him to put it on. So I thought that was kind of cool. At one point, mankind gets the foreign object, but they never really make it clear what it is. I have no fucking idea what it looked like. It looked like I didn't see it. Still. Yeah, it was weird. Um, 25 years later, and I still don't know what it is. I had this thing on fucking VHS, dude. No kidding. <laughs> right? I have no idea. Uh, but Taker ends up hitting the tombstone for the win, and Bearer gets lowered for Taker, but Executioner makes the save, and the heels powder. So He did get one hit on Bearer. <laughs> Uh, in the stomach, and Bear actually goes, you could have killed me by slugging me in a gut like that. That's how Houdini <laughs> died, you know? He is right. Yeah, that is how Houdini that. died. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, you know, putting over the new guys again, we got Furnace and LaFon on AOL chat, so hit them up 25 years ago. Uh, after that, we... <laughs> 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, after that, we get uh, Triple H. Let us know your outcome. Yeah, I know. We get Triple H, Gold Dust, Crush, and Lawler versus Mark Marrow, the stalker Rocky Mayavia making his debut, and uh, the mystery opponent uh, because Mark Henry is injured. Uh, we get Sonny on commentary. Uh, Doc Hendricks is interviewing the heels before. Um, Sable comes out with Marrow, and Sonny says, makes a joke about her implants. 
She's like, yep. she better be careful by the pyro because I hear those things they put in her are flammable. That <laughs> was awesome. And I, then, I think it was JR. He's like, what about yours? <laughs> oh, they were they were going at it hard. And it's funny because she goes, I'll fight you, JR. Come on. She said something about his age and he got real. He got like pissed looking. And I was like, I, I'm like, did she go too far? You know what I mean? Like, is that like a sunny days kind of comment? Like she got like it felt like it went too far because he he got like real quiet for a second. Yeah. I don't know. Either way. Um, can, can I can I introduce who the mystery partner was yeah sure murder murder murderer i'm sorry i mean super 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 fly no this is that's the wrong match oh you spoiled shit, it you're right you <laughs> boo <laughs> i booed myself <laughs> oh shit wrong match i'm sorry and i even killed the joke too that's not fun anymore all right go ahead <laughs> I'm, I'm in time I, off. I, I, I took a second. Go ahead. That's why the pauses are. Because I'm like, did I fuck up? I'm like, no, I didn't fuck <laughs> up. No, it, it was actually Jake Roberts. Uh, he, he comes out carrying the, the big ass bow constrictor, throws it into the they ring. They made it like he hasn't been on TV in years. He was on TV like two fucking weeks ago, exactly, man. Exactly, yeah. Uh, he throws the snake into the ring. It was pretty cool because the snake just slid. It was crazy. Vince, look at the size of that snake. Sonny, Marlena better look out. Oh my god! I don't know if that was on purpose, but or if it was meant that way. But I still found it funny because I'm a fucking juvenile. Um, <laughs> they're, they're talking about uh, we just got word that mankind we we just got word that mankind and Undertaker are on the superstar line. That's option eight. Fucking hilarious! It uh, was option eight, wasn't it? It, it was option eight. Um, we get The Rock versus Triple H for the first time, at least on TV. So yep. that's a that's a historic moment right there. Uh, let's see here. Lawler send, ends up taunting Jake, and guess what happens? Jake hits him with a DDT and eliminates Lawler. Uh, let's see. So uh, eventually it gets down to uh, uh, Rocky Maivia and Goldust. Uh, we're actually getting Rocky chance and not die Rocky die chance. Uh, you know, we're not there well, yet. Well, first night and all. Uh, yeah. So uh, Rocky ends up hitting a shoulder breaker for the win. He, he's the sole survivor. Um, so, uh, you know, at least at this particular point, he is over. The version I have of this is uh, the Coliseum home video version. Mm-hmm. So before the pay-per-view even begins, I they even have, or right before this match, they have a Right now, we have a Coliseum home video exclusive. And it was Rocky in an empty arena talking about his dad and his grandfather in the arena uh, years ago and how big of a night it is for him and how he gets to be in the ring with, you know, so many greats. And he, oh my God, Jesus Christ, to know that this guy would be one of the best promo men of, uh, promo men of all time was not in this interview, that's for sure. well like anything you gotta fucking work towards it um yeah so uh we get a brett austin package you know they've been hyping it for a while now Uh, we get kevin kelly backstage with austin uh find out the winner of this match is going to get a title shot coming up and uh austin (laughs) my favorite line cliches are cliches and ass whoopings are ass whoopings fucking loved it it was great 
Uh, so obviously, uh, we're going right into the match. We're starting to see more and more Austin 316 signs. Uh, Pettengill is back with uh, Brett uh, before he comes out. Uh, match starts, and they're face-to-face, and Austin gives them the double birds. Fucking great. Uh, I just loved it. Um, Crowd I, popped. Yep. Oh, hell yeah. What I wrote was, one of those matches, notes aren't worth taking, just watch it. Uh, at one point, Austin does give double birds to the ref. Uh, Brett is the first person to kick out of the stunner. Yep. How's that for context? Which I'm kind of surprised they did, but yeah, not many are yeah. going to kick out after that. But still, you're right. Yep. No, absolutely. Uh, Brett, uh, he uh, Austin actually goes back to the million dollar dream, which was interesting. Uh, but Brett's able to reverse it into the pin. So. Uh, and I you know, love how he did it because that's how we're he going beat Piper. There's more to come. Yep. And, and oh, I, I love it because yeah. that's how. Yeah, that's ah, oh, was good stuff. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Hendricks is Doc Hendricks is backstage with Sid. Quick promo. Uh, you know uh, they're gonna f- uh, the winner of well, obviously Brett is uh, whoever. I'm saying, oh, God, I can't read my own goddamn fucking nose. Um, <laughs> the winner of the world title in the main event is going to face Brett for the title December 15th in your house. And then for the swerve of the night, for the thing I didn't remember, for the thing I still can't figure out what happened even after Raw, Lou Albano comes out. He was just inducted into the <laughs> Hall of Fame. He goes over and says hi to Vince and then joins the Spanish announce, Spanish announce table. Okay, I didn't know that Captain Lou spoke Spanish, but that's cool. All right, nothing wrong with that. Uh, and then, did you think that would be the first time we'd be talking about him today? Or, uh, or, or did you think we'd be talking about him multiple times today? <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, I thought uh, Heroes of Wrestling was the only time we were going to be talking about him. But hey, there's that. That's fine. Ooh, wow, um, good call. <laughs> right? Remember, he's the fucking commissioner. Um, so. <laughs> w- <laughs> <laughs> well, this uh, is three years before that. <laughs> Lafon and Furnace weren't the only ones to make their debut tonight. Uh, Farouk, a.k.a. the Nation of Domination, makes his debut tonight. Um, the Nation of Domination at this point is Farouk with Clarence Mason and, like, three actors. Two of them who are, like, wrapped their way to the ring. Okay. I mean, they I They end guess up you- being, like, Wolfie D... And yeah, like shaggy too dope or some shit. I don't know. Something yeah, like that. something that didn't matter. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> he was teamed up with fake Razor, fake Diesel and Vader uh, versus Savio Vega, Yokozuna, the debuting Flash Funk and Superfly Snooker. You want to do your murder joke now? Nah, the joke passed. <laughs> but uh, Flash Funk. That's right. Too cold Scorpio. Too cold Scorpio. Can't have yeah. you be that, buddy. Yeah. At this point, Scorpio is probably just coming off of being one of the ECW champions, by mm-hmm. the way. I just want to throw that out there. Yep. Even if it was the Eastern Championship Wrestling at that time, prior to Shane Douglas, whatever you want to call it, then they're like, well, we can't have you do that, so you are Flash Funk, <laughs> and we're going to give you the Funkadactyls, or whatever the fuck that is <laughs> that now in this different... one. Yeah, right. Uh, JR, for some Hey, of... kind of like in the movie. <laughs> do you think Brodus Clay and uh, Flash Funk... Is this a coincidence or what? (laughs) Um, JR is still putting over fake razor. I don't know why. Um, And it just turns into a schmoz with chairs and the heels powder. 
Uh, yeah, I'll save the other thing for uh, for Raw when we do that. Uh, so we're going into our main event. We get our little video package as we typically do, and we get uh, the match. Uh, Shawn Michaels coming down to the ring is handed flowers in security has to peel him off a female fan that is trying to drag him into the crowd. It was pretty fucking impressive. Wait, remind, hang on. Re- peel a fan off of him. Eh, fair enough. You said had to peel him off of well, a fan. Well, hey, sometimes. No. <laughs> sometimes, you know. Uh, he, he, yeah, well. <laughs> depends which way his eye was looking. So it's funny. We were just talking about Punk and <laughs> Kingston because the same thing almost happened in this match. Sid seemed like he was more over. HBK yep. was getting booed a lot. Um, Loved it. Yep. Uh, Sid goes to give the power bomb and does the sign of the cross. <laughs> I've never seen that. It was fucking. Yeah, I don't know why he did that. That was, <laughs> it was odd. It's weird. Uh, and then at one point, Sid grabs the camera from the cameraman because uh, he wants to use it, obviously, as a weapon. Lothario grabs the cable that's connected to it. Sid hits him with the camera. And then HBK, in turn, hits a super kick, but he abandons the pin to go check on Lothario. He's he's looking at the camera that's being pointed at him. He's like, put the fucking camera down. Go get somebody. Uh, Sid grabs him, throws him back into the ring. There's a ref bump. Sid eventually hits HBK with the camera and fucking wins the title after a powerbomb. Um, yeah, uh, we saw an NW. It was a total Rocky three first fight of Mr. T and yep. Stallone. Yep. The where I got to get out of here. I don't care that I just lost title. I got to get to Mick. That's and as soon as HPK lost, he rolls right out of the ring, gets on the ground right next to Jose. It was it, it, storytelling. I'll give you that. But no one in the fucking arena gave a shit about the old man on the ground or the crying HBK because Sid just became the new champ and the whole fucking place was going nuts. Absolutely. And uh, we do. And yeah. Go do it. You want to talk about him? Go ahead. I'll give you it. Yeah, Vlad fucking like almost hops the fucking barricade to hug Sid. It was awesome, and Sid reciprocated. It wasn't like okay, you crazy fuck. It was like he oh he was smiling like what's oh, up, yeah. man? Like they all knew him. I mean, you remember? It, there's the video of in that thing that still hasn't come out yet, but uh, Nash walking by and going, "What's up, Vlad?" And this is long past. He was even in the the company, so everybody knew who he was well into this point. So. For Sid, that was probably a cool moment just to see him there as a super fan who's going nuts, and I loved it. Um, it side note, makes nothing. It, there's no extra story to it, but remember the, the kid I watched SummerSlam in his house, and I had to leave early because he pissed in a bottle? Yes. He was over my house this time, and I showed him where the bathroom was. Okay, that's a good thing. <laughs> we watched we watched that event this year, <laughs> together. But let's talk about Raw and Nitro. All right, let's go into Raw here, huh? It was supposed to be opening with Stone Cold vs. Vader, but it's now Stone Cold vs. Mankind. Um, I didn't go over it in details, but because I didn't even necessarily notice it at first, uh, but when I looked at it again, it was pretty bad. This is when Yoko's like 600 pounds and on his way out of the WWF. Uh, Yoko gave Vader like a kind of like a side suplex, but fucking dropped him right on his shoulder. Right on his shoulder. It was pretty fucking nasty looking. Uh, So, yeah. uh, So, uh, Vader's injured. So, uh, Austin is arguing with a fan, and Mankind just comes out and jump him. It's basically like a five-minute schmoz. It's just on the outside of the ring, and then they randomly roll in, and the bell rings. 
but then they end up back on the outside anyway and fighting into the crowd and shit. Um, and the executioner interferes and it's a DQ. Taker comes down to the ring, cleans house. Uh, when Taker's in the ring looking at executioner, mankind, and bear, he turns around and Austin just clotheslines him out of the ring. But he just lands on his feet and they stare down. So it's cool that we're starting to light that fire too. Uh, you know, like yep. I said, you know, get a couple things going here. Um, Crowd is 100% behind Austin in this Mankind Austin match. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely. It's not two heels. It's the badass of, of Austin becoming over at this point. Um, but I did find one thing very interesting. Remember, last week or two weeks ago, I said they're saying that they have a new start time. And I forgot back in the day, they used to start Raw at 8.57 p.m. Ah. And at exactly three minutes and like five seconds in, Vince goes, and here on Raw tonight, it's Austin battling it out with Mankind right now off the top of the hour, and last night, Sid won the world champion. He starts listing shit, and I was like, why is he say- Why is he waiting all this time? And I, I paused it to realize it was three minutes in. I go, 9 o'clock hit. You have to get the guys that think it was starting at nine, and they just tuned gotcha. in at that moment. I just I found that very interesting huh. at that moment. But they were trying to get the leg up against Nitro on right. the second hour, but it always made me laugh. I'm like, but bro, you're fucking fifty seven minutes late. Yeah, they were already on for a full hour. It doesn't matter what you're about to do. But I wrote this down: the best opener Raw's had since you and I have started the Monday Night Wars all the way back in April. This started with yeah. a banger of both of them beating the shit out of each other. The crowd was into it. I loved it until the executioner came in, came in but you got to keep both guys strong, so fair enough, and yeah, Austin wins with that. Yeah, it was funny because when I saw that that was the match that uh, replaced Vader, I was like, how are they going to book this? I was really curious, and you know, I should have figured it was going to be a schmoz, so there you go. But it was also... Two losers from the night before. Mankind lost to Taker. Yeah. Austin lost to Brett. Both of them kind of taking frustrations out in a way. I just thought it was a really cool match. First time we're seeing them lock up, and they beat the piss out of each other, yeah. which is going to be much more to come when we keep these wars going. So I'm excited about that. Absolutely. Um, I, I did. I did. You get the uh, pay per view replay commercial that comes uh, on these? Yeah, I did. Okay, they do show you those. All right, the encore. The encore. The match. The match, which was Austin and Brett, and then they said the the, the championship, championship or something like that, and it was sitting in uh, HBK, and they you know, buy it tomorrow night, the encore, or whatever. Um, I don't know how many people ever actually really did that back in the day because I mean you couldn't get your hands on it the way you can to things now. But I only have done that once in my entire life, and it was when Taker came back for uh, that Judgment Day as the American Badass because. When they showed it on TV, they showed very little. I'm like, wait, what? He came back to what? Kid Rock? What the fuck are you talking about? I got to see this shit. It's the only time I've ever what done the, one. What the fuck? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they, they did do the, uh, the uh, yeah, I liked it, the match, the championship, the encore, pay us money. Uh, so after that, we see Ahmed Johnson in the crowd. He's walking down the aisle, takes a seat. Uh, not ringside, not anywhere, like, close to the ring, just, like, randomly halfway up the the fucking seats. Okay, that's weird. Uh, Sonny comes to the ring. <laughs> so it's, you know, we've got the king. we got JR and Vince on commentary. And, you know, obviously uh, Lawler's getting very excited that Sonny is coming there. And JR just goes, here comes your Uncle Jerry. 
<laughs> it's just too much. Uh, Sonny introduces Farouk, the, a.k.a. the Nation of Domination. And um, we get the Slam of the Week, which really isn't a slam. It's like several moves that Rocky Maivia did at Survivor Series. Uh, and we get Savio Vega versus Farouk. Ahmed's still watching from the crowd. Um, Farouk uh, hit a reversal on a move into a really dope-looking spine buster. Looked really good. Um, Vega goes for a superflex, and I don't know if this was the planned spot or if they just botched it nope. and somehow lived. Yeah, they just botched it and somehow both lived without serious injury. They just fall from the top out to the outside floor. They just fucking fall. Uh, it was pretty shitty looking, to be quite honest. But like you. two fucking pros, two pros and two back big, up, big got motherfuckers. back in the ring. Yeah. And, like, nothing happened. Went on with the rest of the yeah. match. Like, that was supposed to happen, which is funny you saying, I don't know if that was supposed to happen. No goddamn way were they planning on both of them possibly breaking their fucking neck on the corner there. No. Yeah. <laughs> that was ugly. Mm-hmm. The fact that they both popped up like nothing happened and went right back to it, kudos to you. That was a great moment to watch how they just, fuck it, keep going. Yep, Absolutely. Wow. One of the rappers ended up attacking Vega with the two by four so Farouk could get the pin, and then Ahmed comes in and cleans house uh, and cuts a promo and then ends up actually chasing uh, Farouk to the back. Uh, and then gets a cr- the crowd chanting to Farouk, yeah. You're going down! You're going down! Yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, hey, I mean, he's still got the fans on his side, so, I mean, you got to give him credit for that at least. Uh, the most important uh, item of the night, uh, Karate Fighters Holiday Tournament. Uh, <laughs> Bob Backlund. The most important. Bob Backlund versus Sonny. Um, Lawler. I like the way Sonny can twist those knobs. Ah, you stole it from me. I was like, that's the line of the night, dude. That was a great fucking line, Jerry. Uh, Sonny wins. Uh, and even in this, Backlund is just batshit crazy. Uh Yep. And funny, it wasn't Pettengo goes, yeah, well, you know, it looks like Backlund lost it. King goes, I don't think he ever had it to lose it. That was awesome. <laughs> and after Sunny wins, she goes, I won. <laughs> She's like, but then he screams in her face and she had a scared look. <laughs> she played well, but she had a scared look like, oh my God, I'm about to get raped. Yeah. Like just the fucking, cause like he like fucking lunges and shit, but over a fucking karate fighter tournament. Just, yeah. You're like you said, moment of the night, man. The most important shit. I can't wait to see who wins this next yeah. week. We get, or in a couple of weeks, we get Sable and Sunny. Oh boy! Woo! We know where that's going. Uh, so yeah, I can't wait to hear Jay or uh, <laughs> Jerry Lawler's commentary for that one. Oh yeah. Uh, so we get Sid backstage lifting weights randomly uh, with Jr. Uh, they do the recap from the match the previous night at Survivor Series. Uh, they do make mention Vince does that Lothario refused medical attention. Medical attention at MSG and is back home. Uh, and Vince spends a lot of time putting over HBK as a person. Oh, uh, you know, he's a sexy oh, boy. Oh, my God. I know, right? If he could have just said, and if I could adopt Shawn Michaels as my <laughs> son, I would do it. It went like I know, two right? full fucking minutes, and I was like, yeah. yo, is he going to then say, and I am going to divorce my wife and fuck Shawn Michaels the rest of my life? It was just really fucking <laughs> odd the way this promo went on, man. I was like... Yo, thank you for bringing that up. I'm glad you caught that too. I go, was it as awkward for you as it was for me? 
Yeah, it, no, it was. It wasn't like why are why man, you're really going out of your way, bro. He's not even gonna be here in a few months. Um so <laughs> Oh, you don't know that. You I, oh my god. What does Vince do when he loses a smile? How hard does Vince cry? Fuck. Wow, we can't take too much of a break, man. We gotta get back to find this shit out. <laughs> I know. Our inquiring minds wanna know. Well, inquiring minds all also want to know why Marty Janetti isn't with Leaf Cassidy here. Uh, because, so that's why I brought that yeah. up earlier. You said he must be on his way out of the company. So the next thing I'm watching Raw and I go, why the fuck are they playing the Rockers theme? Yeah. Leaf Cassidy is out here with Bob Holly. Who was a face? Spark plug. He's, he's, still, he's still Bob Butt Plug Holly or Spark Plug Holly at this <laughs> point. Christ. And you in there, yeah, right. you got the Rockers theme going. And I'm like, where the fuck is Marty right now? <laughs> um, I think that's it. I think Marty's done. Goodbye. Yeah, I think so. Uh, they're taking on Furnace and Lafon. Uh, Albano, uh, Captain Lou Albano is back on the Spanish commentary, but this time they cut into the episode. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, see, 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 par favor. And the main guy's just getting pissed off. So uh, uh, apparently they just. No, 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 no. That was not Spanish. That was French. That was the French team, if I'm not mistaken, because of Furnace and Lafon. Wait, what? What are you talking about? Spanish was last night at Survivor Series, and this night I think he's doing French. No, he was saying like he was saying Spanish. Albano was saying like very basic Spanish words. Oh, I thought it was French. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, he was on the he was on he was with the Spanish commentator, and he was yeah no he was saying like it was such a shitty version of his Spanish. I thought it was fucking French. All right, let's move on. How bad it was. (laughs) Uh, Lafon and Furnace win, keeping their streak alive. So. That's it. Um, yeah, we get another encore ad, and then uh, we get Sid coming to the ring. Our main event is just an in-ring promo with Sid. That's it. Um, I was more interested in the ad where they were selling pieces of the rope from Survivor Series for sixty bucks. I thought that was more interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> Close it with that. Close it with that. <laughs> no right. Um, and yeah, Sid basically says he'll be a fighting champ, and that's it. That's the end of Raw. Shitty ending. Yep. Especially with what you're up against. Look, yeah. man, you read everything you want. I just want to close. All right. Well, you will have it. So uh, Nitro opens very interesting because typically, you know, I watch it on Peacock. So, you know, typically they give you the option to skip the intro. So I skip the intro, right? So I fire it up and I don't get the option to skip the intro. And that's because they just go right into it. Uh, it opens with a shot of Hall and Nash standing uh, like over four people in the ring down, and they both have chairs. Uh, apparently, according to Shivani, there was a dark match between, <laughs> I like what they said, Mexican wrestlers. They didn't even name them. It was just Mexican Jesus wrestlers Christ. and high voltage. The Nasty Boys end up crashing uh, and interfering and beating down both teams, and then the Outsiders come down and beat the shit out of everybody. Um they crash Giovanni and Zabisco, and Nash does the the clown bit from Goodfellas. What am I here to yep. amuse you? Do I make you laugh? Because Shivani was giggling at him last week uh, when they had crashed. Uh, Nash is just tormenting Shivani like a bully in high school. Hall calls out the faces of fear and says, if they don't come to us, we'll go to them. They head to the back. Uh, they get ambushed by the faces Also of- says to Zabisco... Oh, nice to see you dressed up this week, Larry. <laughs> and Shivani's saying, well, why didn't you step in there? He's like, hey, they know how I feel about him. You're the one that was laughing at him last week, pal. 
<laughs> and what does Tony do? And Tony says, fuck you, takes off his headset and walks off. <laughs> and it's funny because he goes, yeah, I'm out. He goes, I don't get paid to deal with this shit. I'm out of here. I don't, I'm not dealing with getting bullied. Yep. And he leaves and Larry goes, oh, I'll just do the thing by myself. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, so much not a problem that like two seconds into the first match, Tanae comes down and ends up taking over commentary. I was like, Larry couldn't hold one match by himself. <laughs> Make it look real. Right. Well, I like how they, they rushed it because if you watch the crowd, you can see Tanae running down. So I, I get it, but like, yeah, no, fair enough. That gives no vote of confidence in Larry at all. Do you really <laughs> think he'd be able to call an entire match, especially a lucha match? I mean, maybe <laughs> if he just kept doing his salute thing over and over. Yeah, right. His little uh, <laughs> flourish. Uh, so yeah, the first match is La Parca, who I mentioned earlier, uh, versus uh, Juventud Guerrero. Uh, La Parca has a Batman belt buckle. I thought it was cool. Uh, yeah, it's WCW debut for La Parca, which is weird because I swear I've seen him in WCW prior to this point, but, you know, chicken nuggets. Uh, yeah, La Parca gets <laughs> the win. There you go. Uh, the next part, one of my favorite parts, because it was an ultimate slash Ultimo Dragon package, because they did it again where they were saying Ultimo Dragon, but everything that they put up on screen said Ultimate Dragon, including the Chiron when he came out for the match. It's like oh. we were, they were trying to put their own spin on, well, in Japan, he's Ultimo, but we would call that Ultimate here, wouldn't we? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, know. fuck, it's, yeah, it's weird. You're right. It's They keep crisscrossing him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's with Sonny Ono with all the belts. It's still a cool visual. Uh, taking on Dean Malenko. Uh, we get a pre-record from Ray uh, cutting a promo on Malenko wants a rematch for the title. Uh, Malenko's going to be defending against Psychosis at World War III. Uh, we get our USA chance. Uh, I thought Malenko was Canadian, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, this uh, had potential to be a good match, but it got ruined because uh, Ono uh, causes a little bit of interference and Malenko lays him out. And then when Ultimo Dragon's going after Malenko, Malenko lifts him up over the top rope. Dragon hits the floor. And guess what? In WCW, that's a disqualification. So ultimate, Ultimo Dragon, Ultimate Dragon, whatever your preference is. Wins the by Ultimate DQ. Ultimo Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Mm. All right. So we get, uh, you know, we get our weekly Saturday night spot. Uh, just going over what matches are coming up. Uh, we get a recap of Harlem Heat versus the Amazing French Canadians from last week. Uh, and this week we get the Amazing French Canadians with Colonel Parker against the American Males. Um uh, French Canadians and Harlem Heat have another match slated for World War III. If Harlem Heat win, Sherry gets five minutes in the ring with Colonel Parker. I can't wait to see how sh- what a shit show that's going to turn into. Uh, Colonel Parker. Wait, do you mean kind of like Edge and Lita did, or like a fight? I was thinking, shit. I think wasn't it the first episode that we started watching this? It was like Booty Man with like Hogan, and if Hogan won, he got five minutes alone with the girl of his choice, but he picked Jimmy Hart or something like that. I think that was the first week we did this. He would. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, Colonel Parker is dressed like... Yo, again, I don't give a fuck, because obviously to me, I I don't care, man. I think Hogan's a piece of shit. That's just kind of how I am. It all kind of came out years ago. Um, I saw a very funny... I'm not even... I'm sorry, it wasn't even funny. I saw something the other day and I just put my own spin and my own whatever to it, and I didn't even bother reading it. I just, it was just, it said, Brooke said dad gives uh, 
acceptance for her to date a wrestler. And I go, 20 bucks says he ain't black. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Hogan. But anyway. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Colonel Parker's dressed like a French soldier. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bagwell has the American flag. Why not? Cheap heat. Uh, they say Hogan's in the building and still no updates on Piper signing for the match. We'll see where that goes. Um, we, we basically we're, we're furthering the plot here with the American males uh, dissension among the ranks. Canadians win and more arguing post-match from the American males. Um, there was a spot after this for uh, the WCW website. Uh, they openly say that NWA recently vandalized their website, but it's back up. Uh, and they're showing screenshots from everything. Um, on the last screenshot that they showed, they had a link for the Ross report. Are you shitting me? I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me I'm missing something. Or they just had an outdated uh, link or they never took it down. Wow. I'm, I'm going to have to take a look at that. <laughs> yeah. I have to go back. Wow. Good catch. Yeah. Messed up. Uh, after that, we get Hugh Morris versus Lex Luger. Uh, during that, we get another promo from Arn Anderson. Uh, guess who wins this one? Uh, Gene's in ring with Luger post-match. And uh, Sting comes through the crowd into the ring. He's got his baseball bat. Points it at Luger, kind of like you know, kind of it kind of did this weird like seductive thing, like you know. Like, Thank like, you. The <laughs> word I was gonna go with was seductive. He puts it in like his throat and then slowly strokes it down to his fucking sternum before pushing him with it. I go, yo, I would have sped that up a touch bit. I'm like, he's already sweaty. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah it was kind of messed up. But you're right. He does push him, uh, you know, basically into the post and then gives the bat to Luger and walks off. Uh, and then Gene's trying to reconduct the interview, and Luger's like, nah, nah, nah. He's not going to talk to me. All right. Well, there you go. So uh, I thought Luger's opponent was pretty humorous. Remember what I said about if I wanted a joke? Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, you're lucky Aldo Montoya wasn't on Raw tonight. <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> I only got so many boos in me. Uh, Spending my day. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I'd rather sing I'm Your Man. I was going to say, there's the... I had that shit in my fucking head all day. The day after we recorded, all I could hear was like, more than just the I'm your man. Like, I had a lot more. And that poor old man. I want to know what happened to him, man. He looked like he. That bitch did. Roddy got rowdy on him. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So uh, we go into hour two. Uh, they announce that Flair's here tonight. Uh, Shivani is on the ramp because apparently he's back. Um, no, actually, I'm sorry. It was a it was a recap of Saturday night where Shivani was with Patrick and his lawyer uh, calling him out for the shitty DQ on Jericho on last Nitro. And then Teddy Long and Jericho come in hot. Um, Teddy Long with the worst with the worst line of the night. <coughs> Talking to Patrick's lawyer saying, yeah, well, you did a little digging on me last week. Well, I did a little digging on you this week. Is it not true that you are in a law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe? <laughs> Boo! It's <laughs> fucking terrible. Uh, Long says he could. Teddy Long says Jericho is the kind of man that could beat Nick Patrick with one hand tied behind his back. And the lawyer says, "Oh, are you making a verbal binding agreement in front of six million people?" And now that's going to be a match at World War Three. So we get to look Stop. forward to that. Stop! Stop! 
Six million people were not watching <laughs> WCW. No, it was on like that night. Two and a half at best. Um, you know, you brought up Shivani, yeah. and it just came back to me, and I don't want to lose it. First, when Darby came out during the pay per view, mm-hmm. Jim Ross goes, "Hey, who is he with?" And he goes, "It's Sting," which I thought was great. Like they teed him off for it, right? But. During the Minneapolis street fight, Jake Hager, I think it was him, grabs a toaster and hits him. And they go, oh, my God, it's a toaster. And Tony goes, no, it's, he goes, it's a toaster. Like Scrooge. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. I may be one in like a million people that caught that fucking reference, Tony, but thank you. <laughs> he did it spot on just the same way she does. Oh my God. I just got, I had to bring that up to you again. Has nothing to do with full gear or even, or had nothing to do with Monday night wars, but I couldn't miss it. And as soon as you just said his name again, it brought me back to that. That was Thank fucking you. hilarious. Uh, next, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime I can look at you. So uh, next <laughs> we get Johnny grunge versus Chris Jericho. So, Here's the funny thing. Match of the year. Uh, I was listening. Yeah, no shit. Right. So I'm listening. Yeah. Again, I watch on Peacock. And I hear his music changed. Now, the first thing I said to myself was, well, this is a dub because for some reason they can't play what they actually changed his theme music to. On Pekak, they just put, they just overdub it with Break Down the Walls. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I'm listening to it. I'm like, there's no fucking way. I'm like, there's, that's not right. I'm like, they fucking dubbed this. So I actually had to go back to find, to remember what his second music was. And I completely forgot that it was just a total 100% ripoff of Even Flow by Pearl Jam. It was. Legit. 100%. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. It was terrible. Which Uh, means that when DDP moves over to Smells Like Teen Spirit, you're probably going to get something completely different. (laughs) Right, probably. Um so during the match, Patrick comes out in street clothes and shades. Really looks like fucking Kenny Powers now. Uh, <laughs> uh, grunge don't make up. me edit this. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a, I don't need to go back to that one. Uh, grunge sets up the table naturally and uh, puts Jericho on it. He moves last second, uh, and Jericho ends up hitting a top rope drop kick for the win. Uh, Jericho's with Gene after Teddy Long comes in and. Long says, hey, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have signed you up for that one arm match. That might be too much and apologizes. And Jericho's like, no, 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 that's good. Play a player. So there's that. Uh, next, we get Hogan and the NWO coming out to the announce booth and Heenan powders naturally. Uh, and it's basically Hogan just pushing Bischoff. Tell everybody that I'm a bigger icon than Piper and that I'm and Piper's afraid of me and that I'm richer too. And Bischoff's like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Just get out of here. Uh, then we get Gene on the ramp with DDP. Uh, and then the rest of the NW comes out, Outsiders, Giant, and Six. And uh, they're they're playing the whole thing. Do you know? You don't know? You don't know? And Nash uses a quote from 2001 of all movies. Not really a movie, mm-hmm. quotable Odyssey. movie. That's, that's why it's not on our list. One of my favorite movies, but it's not on our list because it's not really a movie that you're going to quote. Uh, and I'm not even going to say the quote because it just, it was a really, it was a stretch. Uh, so and DDP said, you're messing with the wrong guy. <laughs> it's 
Sorry, that's this week's movie. Do you want to get nuts? We can get nuts. <laughs> I fucked that up. I didn't even do it right. Jesus. Boo to myself. All right. Next, we get Bobby Eaton <laughs> versus Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Heenan's back on commentary. Uh, Flair comes down to the match in a uh, quite dashing holiday sweater, I must say. Um <laughs> <laughs> and Gene and Flair are in the ring and uh yeah man uh basically what Flair Flair kind of cuts a promo on the Horseman saying listen Jeff Jarrett's in the Horseman because Rick Flair said so so we'll see where it goes uh next we She's get honorary Horseman all right yeah all right spending my days uh, next we get Big Pubba. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's okay for you to do it. <laughs> well, first of all, I didn't sing, and I only just did that little tag right there. Oh, uh, we got Big Pubba. You know what you get to find. You know what? And then turn the lights <laughs> off, close the door, and we'll leave all our worries behind. Well, the door's closed. Worries, you know, that's uh, that's its own thing. And I'm not turning off the light. All right. It's true. I got a one-track mine. It's hard to count. All right. Never mind. Go ahead, okay, please. There we go. Big Bubba versus Jim Powers. Bubba wins with a crappy-looking Uranagi, so... Hooray. Uh, next, what we all came to see, Benoit versus Eddie again. Uh, we get another pre-tape from Kevin Sullivan cutting a promo on Benoit. Um, yeah, and uh, again, I just what I wrote is some matches you just watch. That's really all yep. I have to say. It's funny for this match that they're going to have with Sullivan again. They're like, well, what can we do each week? How about for the next three weeks on Nitro, you and Eddie just face <laughs> off? All right. Yeah, right. It's happened every week and every match I'm happy with. I'm good. Keep it going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, and after that, uh, the night ends with Bischoff in the ring, and I guess I'll just turn it over to you. You know, I alluded to this a couple of weeks ago in my Bring It to the Table, how Piper is just outstanding at antagonizing or getting in someone's face, making them feel uncomfortable in the ring and commanding spotlight and god damn it he does it at the end of this episode because bischoff in the ring again still claiming can't get a hold of piper we're trying all of a sudden that was a horrible fucking yeah I, yeah whatever yeah the spirit of the thing scottish music uh bagpipe start up and literally into the microphone bischoff goes what the hell <laughs> and piper comes out and he starts saying, man, there's two things I don't like. You know, I, I'm hearing Hogan saying I'm scared of him. And there's things I don't like. And one is a liar. And he points right at Bischoff. Then gets back into the promo. And then says something about liar again. But then he goes over to Bischoff and puts his hand out. He goes, hey, how you doing, man? And <laughs> Bischoff goes, I, 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 I've been better. And he keeps putting his mic in the face of Bischoff the same fucking way he does it to Vince Russo in TNA years later. Um, except this part looks completely improvised or not improvised. This one looks real or I'm sorry. Hang on. This one looks like it was planned as opposed to the TNA one was obviously extremely real, but right. Um, so you say that you talk to my guys, huh? You, you say you came to my, my ranch, huh? Yeah. Let me ask you the, the road you went down. Was it curvy or was it straight? I don't, you don't remember. Okay. 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 God fucking damn. It was awesome. Cause he's making Bischoff get so uncomfortable. They could have went on another solid minute of this. Oh, absolutely. The NWO comes out, but they slide into the ring and start choking him from behind, kind of like Giant does with his two uh, hands on the back part of your neck and hold him there, and then Hall and Nash are there. Hogan comes out and hugs Eric Bischoff. And Hogan says, now that we all know who everyone's working for, 
um, and says that he offered Eric a spot with the NWO and um, obviously he goes, this guy's the creator of everything with WCW and kind of revealing a lot because maybe everybody didn't know it at this point. I didn't up until that point. I'm saying I know now in 2021. Um, but back then, I didn't realize that Bischoff was in charge. Sure, you read at the end of every one of the pay-per-views how they do the credits if I had paid attention back then. But I was like, hey, whatever. He has an extra role. Cool. Eric Bischoff. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> this was very revealing and... Hogan keeps doing the you're too scared to fight me, Piper. And they start to play Nitro off the air. The announcers are like, I can't believe this with with, uh, Bischoff joining the NWO. And they start to do the Oscars kind of playoff with the Nitro music. And Piper grabs the mic. And I'm like, are they going to have time? And he says, I'm going to be there at the pay-per-view for World War III. I'll be there with a contract in my teeth. So we are heading into World War III where we'll have the contract signing, and we know it is going to lead to Starcade 1996. Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, versus the man he has never beaten, Roddy Roddy Piper. Bro, love this entire segment. The way he gets in Bischoff's face, everything was just awesome. What's your take on the ending of Nitro? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, we were kind of just waiting for the other shoe to drop because, you know, obviously in retrospect, we knew it was coming. But I, I agree with I, I agree with what you said. For in the moment, for being there when it happened, they should have went another minute of Piper interrogating him. Because it was because the crowd for... was still catching up. No one was yes. booing Bischoff or anything. Yes. It was in even myself. I was like, God, I feel like NWO came out too much, or just I. I it's almost yep. kind of like they reversed Papa Shango did. Oh God! <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for. order and final decisions are a completely biased based order based off the professor and odm made it and as always they like to let you know they have not worked in the business but have been lifelong invested fans much like you our listeners with not only their opinions involved but with countless amount of hours of research done each week they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up however they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs if there is anything you want to chat about bring to their attention if there is something they missed or forgot or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds Feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter or email them at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. That's right. It is the top 25 wrestlers on the mic. I mean, some of these guys have just cut some great promos over the years. Let me give it a shot here. 
You want to hurt me? Go ahead. If it makes you feel any better, I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you, ODM, but I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I, I, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. God, I could really do promos for a living. What do you think, ODM? Boo? <laughs> uh, boo? <laughs> it, one out of ten, I'd say negative ten. All right, man. It is our top 25 uh, wrestlers on the mic. We've talked about announcers and other guys, and, you know, that's where – or announcers and uh, interviewers, and we've talked managers at times. So that's why a lot of those guys are out of the race for this one, especially, you know, you said Heyman earlier and, you know, Cornette. So this week we are talking guys who can not only walk the walk but talk the talk. You know, when it's 25 on this episode, we like to give you just that little bit of extra. We like to give you that honorable mention. This honorable mention started in Ring of Honor. Uh, made his way through the Indies. Now a part of WWE. And we're hoping that he does connect the Mount Rushmore of wrestling in AEW. Talking about Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen. Just I think he's always been solid on the mic. I don't think that he's anything extremely special or does anything way above and beyond as to why, you know, he doesn't make past some of these other guys. I think he's good. He's witty. He's uh, very clear spoken and he has a path and finds it. But I, I think honorable mention, maybe I, I think that's probably a good spot do you do you agree yeah it's hard with this list because i mean you know length length Any, of a like tenure <laughs> tenure tenure really plays a big part into this and, and we'll get more into that as we get into the list true um but i, I I'll, I'll back you up with this uh it, it's hard to put them a lot in front of a lot of these people uh but definitely making the honorable mention because the first time that i saw him is when he had just come up from the nxt roster that's when i was first starting to get back into wrestling um, at gotcha. least, you know, like hardcore. And when the first time I saw him and I saw him cut a promo, I said, who the fuck is this asshole? Like, literally, he was the U.S. champion. And I'm yeah. like, who, who is this prick? So, yeah, yeah uh, he, he, he fucking delivers, man. He does. <sighs> Number 25. I love how much this this man gets our attention out of this <laughs> And he's show, still man. cutting good this. promos. <laughs> still to this date. The man that could tell you... All about the horseman, the man that could cut a promo on any wrestler he's about to face, or a man that's training someone to let him know that he pulls out a Glock and will pull some <laughs> or put someone's brains in the middle of the road. The enforcer, Double A, Arn Anderson. Yeah, and let's not. It for- doesn't matter what promo he has; he delivers every time. He doesn't stumble. He is. He's soft spoken. You know what I mean? Like he has. He doesn't have to scream. And even if he is screaming, it's really not that loud. He, he's just a, oh God, I want to figure out the right word because I'm probably going to use this word again today. He is a very well-versed speaker for sure, I think, when it comes to just being on the mic. And you can guarantee that no matter what, you put something in front of him, whether he has a script or anything, he'll deliver anything you want him to say. 
Yeah, and we were just in watching the wars. We saw he cut that promo for War Games where he said, I went ahead and called the hospital and booked myself a room. Who the fuck says yep. that? Yeah, a true psycho. <laughs> Someone that will put a Glock out in your, in your fucking forehead <laughs> if you try to take his car. <laughs> Number 24, I always thought was great in the tag team that he was in. He was a great mouthpiece, always delivered because the other one only had two words. Oh, testify. <laughs> but we're talking about Bubba Ray. And especially when he became Bully Ray, extremely, you know, well-versed in his interviews, knew how to draw. He knew how to get people pissed off at him. And we all go back to the, uh, oh, Jesus, that, that one promo in ECW, ECW at Heat Wave, I think it was, whatever year. And he was like, this mother right here teaches her daughter how to suck dick. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And then get in a spitting contest with an old lady. Right back at you, you old bitch, old broad. Fuck, jeez, yo, easy, man. But it's because he knew how to draw heat. He knew how to piss everybody off. That's a good promo guy, man, if, if you could draw real heat. Most of the people on this list are probably here because they're either a heel of or of a heel status or have a heel kind of persona in some way because... Not too many good people are cutting great promos. Let's be honest with you. <sighs> the next one. Okay. Some of these people, I'm going to say right now, and I think you'll agree with me, especially in the upper ones, but some of these guys have, and this is no pun intended, have perfected the art of saying so many lines using some that are recycled over and over, but just delivering it. But also as long as it draws heat or reaction, would you say that's kind of, would you agree with me that some of the guys just kind of stuck to the main? God, I, 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 do yes. you know what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, absolutely. 23 was more of a script based uh shtick, you know, rinse and repeat kind of thing. Uh, but could Thank still you. cut promos when it counted and, and was able to switch it up. Okay, so the all right, we'll just say number twenty three, ravishing Rick Rude, and he had a, a mouth. He could say things. He had no problem. And he, I mean, we saw it even when he was in the NWO DX. He did it um, even with Bobby Heenan in the Heenan family. Um, it wasn't just the same old cut my music and all that stuff, but. Um, <sighs> It was the the Enzo Amore of heels, right? Where you're going to come out and say the same thing, and everybody, or Road Dog for that matter. Let's not fucking give Enzo any goddamn credit ever again. <laughs> yeah, right. um, the Road Dog, the oh, you know, or even the ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all that people like to right. hear. Do the catchphrase. They come for that. Yeah. Same thing with, um, with Ravishing Rick Rude. <laughs> we only play 80s drill. Come on, man. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> Ravishing Rick Rude was that man. It was just the sweat hogs that were out in the uh, in the fan or with the fans and all the ladies that wanted him. You know, kept the stick. But, God damn, if he wasn't probably the most booed man on the card at that point. I mean, yeah. you appreciated him and you loved to boo him. Yeah, he didn't get much mic time until uh, really in the backstage pre-records, you know? Yep, yep. And that's where he started to shine. 
Um, and same with the next one. The next one started cutting promos as well, vignettes, which was a big thing because it showed personality. But then when they got in the ring and actually cut a promo, I've never seen this person cut up one bad promo other than one time, and it was when he was caught off guard. But I will say we'll get to that. Mm. Mr. Perfect, yeah. Kurt Henning. He can cut a promo, but generally, same thing like we're talking about with Rude, the perfect, and you can't – uh, nobody can beat Mr. Perfect. I'm 100% the athlete, more the athlete than you'll ever be, yada, 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 yada. He's never had a bad promo. Other than the time that <clears throat> I'm sure you've seen it on YouTube somewhere where uh, one of the announcers backstage in Nitro caught him off guard, was just asking about a match, and they're like, so Rick Rude died a couple of days ago. Yeah. His funeral. Why don't I you just talk watched, about that? I just watched that the other day. Yeah, I think it popped up on like one of my Facebook accounts or like one of my not accounts, but like one of my uh, groups that I'm in. But I saw it and I was like, "What a dick!" And, and like like that, for the announcer, like why would you even ask that question? He was like, "Um, yeah," and he stumbled through, but also was pissed off because he was, you know, it, people had wronged Rick Rude, is what Kurt Henning felt, and it was just the whole thing. It was just that's the only time I ever saw him have a bad promo. But that's not what we're talking about bad promos. We're talking about good promos. Um, but. No matter where he was, and, and even in TNA, the whole I took Brock Lesnar down at thirty thousand feet. Um, he had he was just on the mic. Whether he was on commentary, um, primetime wrestling, he was great on there. You remember how they had the announcers sitting around the desk and talking all the time? Um, he has always just been great on a mic, no matter what, and in uh, a little more, a little less of the rinse and repeat, as you like to say about the. Rick Rude. I think uh, uh, Mr. Perfect is a step above him, which is why he's there where he's at. Um, number 21 at first was very scripted, and then I think he learned to roll the punches and learned to roll with the crowd and have some fun with them, and that's Kurt Angle. When he first got in there, it was just talking about the three eyes, the intensity, integrity, and indigestion i don't know whatever the other fucking i was um but later on he used to be so good that when the crowd was chanting you suck he's like i learned to from your mother fuck kurt way to go and then you'd see him do some funny shit with austin when they were both trying to like vie for mcmahon's attention in the alliance and they did all that funny backstage shit i mean Kurt is great on a mic, but also can deliver a furious uh, promo that gets you so excited for any match. Whoever he, if he says he's going to whoop someone's ass, you're like, gonna watch that match. That's gonna be a fucking barn burner because Kurt Angle just said so. Um, I, w- would you agree on Kurt's I, I, intensity? No, no, no pun intended. His intensity is what puts him into this list. He, yeah. See, this is where I fall out, and I can't really comment too much because I remember the beginning, but I never got to see. Uh, I, I'm trying to use a fancy word that's just not working. I never got to see him grow into that role. Okay, you know what Fair I mean. Enough. I it just I, it was always the the scripted like. I'm I'm I was a legitimate athlete. Now I kind of sort of need to be an actor, at least under Vince McMahon's wing. So it just yeah, it, it just yeah, uh, it, it's tough for me. I'm with I, you I'm on not, that. I, that, make, that. Yeah, I'm not devaluing it, 
I'm just saying for me, it's a tough one. Speaking of someone who had to grow into it, kind of as, as you just said it, I think that was a great way of putting it, is who comes in at number 20, that is Randy Orton. Now, most people will probably remember that he started with Evolution, but go even further back beyond that, um, he just came in as a young prodigy and, and was in there and within the first, I don't know how long, he ended up hurting his shoulder. And then we ended up getting the RNN updates, the Randy Orton News whatever network. It, it, was, it was fucking great. And each week he went up different percentages. He was like, my shoulder is at 70, 74%. Next week it was at 76 all the way up until he got better, and he was cutting these fun promos. But then, when he became the real Viper, got all tatted up, started uh, the Legacy Group and all that, started giving some real fierce promos. We got some fun stuff out of him in the later years. We also get the guy that is just, I'm the GOAT. I'm the guy that has had just as many championships as John Cena. Yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? I mean, he is consistent on a mic very seldomly will he muff one up but he also another one the intensity that he gives whether heel or face I think that your promos is what should sell your matches and I think he does a great job of selling himself if you know what I mean yeah I well you got to figure one apart from him being a third generation wrestler and being with Flair and Evolution, those are two huge things right there, right? But you can only learn so much from that. You got to really come into your own. And he did. Here's the thing: when it comes to a Randy Orton match, usually not that interested. It's just it's it's not that he's not a good wrestler. He's a great wrestler, and I, I love seeing RKO's out of nowhere. I just you know maybe it's just because it's almost too old school. Like he really prides himself on that, and I do appreciate that. But goddamn, when he cuts a promo, I'm listening. Better than his matches. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, I'm I'm sold on it. If you show me Randy Orton's about to cut a promo, I'm dropping what I'm doing. I'm, yeah, I'm listening. So, yeah, I'm with you. Hmm. Number nineteen, Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, it, with the Rockers. They used to both have the we're sounding profound. Woo! Just kind of <laughs> not that necessarily. That was a flair thing. Never mind. Uh, but they had were the rock and rolling, strutting and strolling. They, they they used to have things like that. Whatever. Anyway, but then when he broke himself away and broke some glass with Marty's head, uh, he ends up aligning, of course, with Sherry, and starts to give you these cocky promos that he is the greatest. He's the sexiest he's the everything he's the best great greatest intercontinental champion of all time the problem is that it's kind of the austin thing we're seeing with survivor series 96 technically he's a heel even on raw 90 uh, raw on the next day he's a heel the crowd's going nuts for him same thing happened with with michaels people were just over for him because they like the smaller guy who could win matches it's funny that Vince hated it so much, and they're just like, oh, it's his athleticism. Yeah, all right, that's what you want to call it. Fine, Jared. It's the athleticism. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Put him in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, but when you yeah. get him versus Brett, him versus uh, Austin, him versus, you know, even some of the other guys later down the, his, down the road in his career, he always has a great 
promo heading into each one. Sometimes he fucks with you. Look with the time he, he decided to go heel just for a month and a half to face Hogan. And the whole time he was quote unquote heel, the crowd was going nuts because they were loving the Hogan vignettes, all the things that he did. The time he calls out uh, Bret Hart and he didn't show up, all the shit with DX. The guy knows how to really piss off a crowd, how to reel them in. He's been pretty solid on the mic, I would say. But yeah, what are your thoughts on HBK? Yeah, I, I think he really started to come into his own. Uh, not even come into his own, but I guess he like turned a corner when uh, the DX thing started coming because he was able to be himself a little bit more. He was still able to make good on, you know, I don't know how heavily scripted they were back then, but uh, you know, uh, it's just based on a you know a persona that he was trying to portray rather than being himself. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, when when he started uh, teaming up with Triple H. Uh, that's when things really got crazy because he was able to just let it fly. But even when he had to kind of stick to a, a theme, he was able to put some umph on it, you know, make it seem a little more real. I agree. Yep. It's funny you said, you know, whether you scripted or not. Number 18, I don't think he's ever seen a script in his life. And yeah. we're talking about the Funker, Terry Funk. Um, a lot of people our age and, you know, younger, unfortunately, they only or not our age. I take that back because you and I are old enough to remember Terry in his better days. Um, but people only remember maybe the Attitude Era where he's Chainsaw Charlie, some of the ECW stuff. But in his days where he was feuding with your Jerry Lawlers, your Ric Flairs, people like that, he was cutting promos. And it was one of those promos that he had a lot of hidden meaning into things and then it pieces itself all together just sound like a crazy bastard speaking about random stories but um at the very end it all pieced together as to why he was going to whoop your ass at that next pay-per-view or the next uh event that you guys were going to have terry was great on on the mic if you haven't watched a terry funk promo from like the 70s and 80s check them out they're actually they're beyond awesome. He was a great. I mean, that was again. He was kind of like an Austin. He didn't. It didn't matter if he was heel or face. He was just fucking Terry Funk. That's all it was. There was no gimmick. Forever, 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 <laughs> forever. <laughs> Sorry, I like that. That was nice. Number seventeen. You mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago, and it's Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H. Look. We all shit on the guy um, for a lot of reasons, but cutting a promo in the ring, whether, look at, I, I never ever thought he could get over as a good guy. When he was like 95, 96 era, when he is what we're seeing right now with the Hunter Hearst Helmsley, did you think at that point anybody would ever be like, yay, Hunter, but then you make him chop his crotch and say suck it and him and Sean are having fun promos and people are like oh I get it he has a completely different side to himself okay all right and with DX he gets to buddy around do all that stuff but then when he becomes the cerebral assassin the game he starts cutting some pretty good promos and he is the guy that's opening and pretty much closing raw for several years and I don't think I, he's another guy that just I don't think I've ever really seen a bad promo out of him. I think it's consistent. And I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on Triple H as a promo guy? Let me ask you that. 
Yeah, I think it was easier during the DX stuff, right? I, I, I look at it as kind of like a continuation in different directions. So, I, you know, we talked about HBK. We talked about, you know, how, you know, he's kind of fitting a more of a persona and then the DX stuff saw him to come out into his own. Now, while that was the same for Triple H, this was Triple H is really his first chance to really do something of substance. So it was more of a learning curve for him, but he was able to pal around with uh, HBK. Remember the whole standards and practice bit that they did? You know, that was, you know, that was him kind of, you oh know, getting his chops in, right? Breaking his chops in a little bit. Um, but I think you nailed it. The Cerebral Assassin uh, gimmick, if you want to call it that, that's where it really became about the game, right? And, is he's going to fuck with you, and uh, he's not going to pull any punches. So, And it was the attitude, right? Because, you know, DX was goofy, but they'd still beat your ass, you know, but a lot of times they were just getting their own asses beat. Uh for but after that it was more of a man on a mission and a purpose the, you know the leather jacket when he came back uh, you know he had that leather mm-hmm. denim jacket on and he's spitting water all over the place and he's got that look in his eyes like he just wants to beat somebody's ass and he's all call out whoever yeah man that's that's when things really started getting into it and he almost uh, you know almost a little bit of Randy Orton well I guess a little bit of Randy Orton from Triple H because it was kind that's of kind of what thing. I was going to allude to earlier, yeah. but I didn't want to call his name out so early. And and one thing I will say, it's funny because you go from Hunter Hearst Helmsley, you got the and Mark Merrow, you and Sable will pay for everything that we did, to being with Sean the. Let's get ready to suck it, and then the game. I'm gonna kick your ass. Either way, no matter what. Good on the mic. Number 15 is, or I'm sorry, number 16 is a personal favorite of mine. I have to be biased when doing this, uh, or I can't be biased when doing this list. And as as you hear in the promo, you know, we, we do our research and we'll be honest with it. I think this guy, had he been pushed the right way and had longevity the right way, Probably would be way better, maybe even in our top 10. But I'm talking about Wyndham, Bray Wyatt. Look at, yeah, he came up as Husky Harris, whatever. Uh, All right, goodbye. Even Owen Hart was a blue blazer at one point. (laughs) But when he came back as what we've talked about already, that southern man with the uh, Cape Fear-type-looking get up you know what i mean and having the wyatt family with him the slow promos man and talking but it wasn't just slow promos he was using words that people had never heard of they had to look him up if you want to understand a promo um using very very great vocabulary i think that his delivery you know it's kind of one of those things if you don't know in sales it's uh kind of like odm I'm just kind of, it sounds stupid, but like, ODM, this speaker right here, the best part, if you want to buy this speaker, is that if you get this speaker. When you lower your voice, people are like fucking leaning in, they're listening, like, oh (laughs) shit, what's he saying? And Bray had that. And then to turn it into The Fiend and do everything with the Firefly Funhouse and all the promos that he cut doing all that, I mean, Jesus, I mean, the guy was absolutely genius on the mic. Hopefully, he continues being a genius on the mic somewhere, wherever he may go. The next one, I don't know if I'm going to get flack for this one, him being on the list already. But I think, personally, where he's at, 
can't be touched. I think he's been pretty fucking great for even as little bit of time that he's had. I think that he's better than the guys that uh, I've already listed from 25 to 16. I'm talking about Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF. There's nobody better in the last couple of years on the mic consistently, no matter what, heel or face, than MJF. ODM, thoughts? Oh, he's he's fucking fantastic. We sing his praises all the time, and I'm sure we're going to continue for however long we fucking do this, man. He's he's amazing on the mic. Here's a good question for you. A little comparison. Is he better than Pillman? Mm. You know what's funny is Pillman didn't make the list. I know. Okay. That's, why I just, that's why I brought it up. Wow. Hey, man, there's only so many guys. Actually, you know what? I always compared, uh, you know, I've always compared Kevin Steen uh, or Owens to a Brian Pillman. Because oh, back yeah. in his okay. Ring of Honor days when I, when I was seeing Steen and he was kind of going a little crazy off the mic and, like, he was the one that was going out in the crowd and grabbing, like, popcorn out of people's thing, out of people's buckets and just eating them. Uh, one of the funniest things out of Steen I, I remember – it was on Ring of Honor TV. He comes out to his song. You know the ending that you hear Nightwing talk over at the end of this. And the crowd is kind of bopping their heads to it. And after the song ends, someone boos. And Steen goes, yeah, I know. It's a good song. You know, it's knowing how to, like, have a good time and, and talk with everybody, but also be a little off the off the rocker, if you will. Pillman, he re- I think that Steen reminds me of him. I think MJF has already probably better than Pillman. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I just wanted to bust your balls, but yeah, MJF. I mean, I really don't even know what to say. I mean, just listen to him. That hasn't been said already. You know know what I mean? Like when we do the notes for Monday Night War, sometimes there's just no notes to take, right? You're just watching it. Uh, That's what, that's what MJF, there's no, there's no descriptors. He's amazing. Um, By the end of his career, you know, if if it's lengthy enough, he'll be one, he'll be in the top five probably. I was almost sad that he didn't cut a promo before the match with Darby. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a, a real good one. But I, I but that's just me. Um, number 14. I gave it to the man himself, his actual name, because, God damn, no matter what character you gave him, he could cut a really good promo. Mick Foley. Whether he's Cactus Jack, Dude Love, or, of course, as we're saying right now, as we see, Mankind. Mankind was so deranged, I didn't realize it was Cactus Jack, as I told you. You know what I mean? Like, you really just do something a little bit different with yourself and how you, how you present and speak makes a difference. Um, his ability to... He was the first to call out um, cheap pops. Calling, He's like, and I'm going to do for a cheap pop right here in Rochester, New York. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and but he was great at getting the crowd behind him. He was great at getting the crowd to boo him. I mean, go back to the night after, uh, no, not the night after WrestleMania, two weeks after WrestleMania. And he is talking about how the crowd is chanting for anybody but him as he's getting his head smashed in with Terry Funk by the now new formed DX with Outlaws and X-Pac in there. Oh, yeah. And he turns on the crowd and gets the crowd booing him in seconds. And I was like, oh, shit, that's a heel turn you didn't see coming. But he could do it because Foley was that good on the mic. Another man that when he got slow and quiet, you listen to him. But then he starts screaming and gets passionate. One of my famous or favorite promos was him against or yelling at uh, 
I remember CM Punk at one point, but he's had a couple of promos where he's gotten on Raw, I think, and like screamed and gone nuts, and people were like, "That's how you fucking do it." <laughs> and no one can compare to Mick Foley cutting a promo the way he does with, I think, all his passion and all of his might. Number 13 is a, a favorite of mine, as I've said many times, and I think this is a man that, face-wise, not so much. Not the best promos. But heel, he could be very devious. He could be very cunning, and we're talking about Edge. Um, with his feuds with Cena, his feuds with Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, when you put a mic in front of Edge, solid. Solid work every time. Um, okay, fine. He was on SmackDown a lot, and I'm not sure with how much they would do editing, but his his promos always seem pretty solid to me. Um, but I think that he is another one, kind of like I talked about with Randy Orton. Got you into the feud. It got you into the match. But I think Edge brought a little bit extra because he had no problem going off script. He had no problem uh, putting some comedy into things, but also being very serious. Um, I, I think Edge is probably when you were a little more tuned out, I would assume. Is, is that Yeah, the, I mean, I really? saw him mostly yeah. in the brood, so, and some of okay, the hardcore yeah, no, stuff. He didn't before. do much there, but drink, but yeah. drink some blood. <laughs> or speared the people. Miz. <laughs> <laughs> the Miz is who is coming in at 12, and look, huge fan. I mean, we, uh, Jesus Christ, I mean probably 25 times now we have mentioned his promo with Daniel Bryan. So we don't need to talk about that. Um, but he is another man who is consistent. He actually started with a little and it got better. His very first time out was hysterical. If anybody remembers him trying to talk about the divas and he had it written on his, his wrist and he was trying, it was a diva search contest. And he was trying to say, if you want to, if you want to go to uh, dial one 800 oh, wait, hang on. Go to WWE.com. It was fucking bad. And even where the next week, Triple H and uh, Sean were actually looking at their wrist and making fun of them for it, which is pretty funny. And that's a good rib to make you realize you probably got to get better on promos. You put him and Morrison together, he got much better, much more confidence. Made him a U.S. champion. You made him WWE champion, and he was solid at promos. Still to this date, you said, you know, certain people, you, if they're going to talk, you're going to listen. To me, Miz is that guy. I think in WWE, still to this date, your most consistent promo guy, hands down, is the Miz. And he was just voted off of... Uh, the Dancing with the Stars thing. I'm not sure if you saw that. I did. I did. So hopefully he'll be back soon. Doesn't matter if he was the Ayatollah of rock and rolla, if he was the pain maker, if he made the list. Doesn't matter. No matter what, he was solid on the mic. Even with Teddy Long by his side in 96. Chris Jericho. Um, I mean, we've seen him do some excellent work. I mean, he's he knows how to get a crowd going. He's He can hit those cheap pops and get people going and say the right things and some jokes. He had the, you know, he was the one that was solid on the mic with uh, making fun of Stephanie once she got her implants and, and calling her a trash feeding bottom tr- uh, trash bag hoe or whatever it was. Awesome. Then he put a suit on him later down the road, which we talked about not too long ago. And you, you put him into that 
uh, role where he was just above everybody and too good for you and just outstanding. And everything he's done ever since, even with Inner Circle, he in having fun with MJF, with Dinner Le Debonair, he is very versatile, I feel like, on the mic, whether he's a heel or a babyface. What are your thoughts on where he's at at number 11? I mean, yeah, looking at some of the other names, I can certainly understand it. You know what? The thing is, he was always better as a heel on the mic. That was his bread and butter. Yeah, kind of like who we said about uh, uh, Edge Edge. a couple minutes ago. Much better. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man, he's the GOAT, one of my favorite wrestlers. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, and and that's the thing. Everybody still calls him the GOAT to this date. And, it it, well, uh, (laughs) now he just is the size of one. (laughs) So, uh, number 10 is the American Dream Dusty Rose. I think just because the man could talk about living on fucking beans and people are like, that is the best shit of all time. (laughs) He really, no, he just could captivate a crowd. Everyone was behind him. And you know what? We'll throw the polka dot bullshit in there. He could still cut a promo even at that time. He had some fierce promos uh, facing with Boss Man as well as Randy Savage and things like that and Ted DiBiase. But all of his older stuff with Flair and the Horsemen, I mean, beyond all that stuff, I mean, really one of the best workers on the mic in, I think, all of the 80s, especially as a face. There's not many faces on this list. If you haven't caught it, most of these people are either those tweeners or the people who are 100% heel. But most of these guys are not 100% face. Dusty's one of the only ones that can make this as a face. And yep. I, I think that, that that's kind of a really cool thing as a promo guy because anybody who's overly face, people are like, ah, oh, we're fucking sick of you. We're, we don't want to hear you anymore. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, not much to add there, man. I mean, you know, the hard time promo. He was an everyman. He was the American dream. Yeah. So he 100%. spoke to the people and he knew how to do it right. And even with that lisp, you know, that might be a a hindrance for a lot of people, not for him. Right? And and that's not in any mocking way. It's no. just that is is some of, uh, some of a way. And, and I think for Cody, it was actually kind of a little thing to get over on Raw, too, because no one ever had anything like that in Raw or anything like that for years and years. And I think it was kind of, for both him and Jack Swagger, I feel like it was kind of a a weird thing to get over. But for Dusty, it was like, doesn't matter. You're fucking over. You're the American dream. Yep. Now, number nine. We saw him cut some slight promos earlier this year as he got out of the ringmaster gimmick. But now, him versus Hart, everything we've seen in the last several weeks, really ever since King of the Ring in 96 that we've been watching over the last couple of weeks, and it's going to continue from here on out, is the real Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, you know, every wrestler will tell you that the character they are is an extension of just who they are but just amped up a bit and that's exactly who austin says he is and the way he acts on the mic everyone loved and the way he just acted in the ring and like he just didn't give a fuck about anything that's a heel but at the same point people are like god damn i wish i could be like him but it's funny if you kind of go back and be like well then why didn't you like bad news brown you know you know but <laughs> but you know 
for Austin, he made it cool to be a badass. It was just very, I mean, it eventually becomes the guy that could come out on the mic. He didn't have to say much, and the crowd was in the palm of his hands for solid two to three years on Raw, easily, you know, most of the Attitude Era. And when you put a mic in his hand, whether, again, heel or face, he had a very solid promo. Another guy that didn't fuck up, didn't say the wrong name, the wrong pay-per-view. Not that that makes a major difference, but fucking Psycho Sid isn't making it here. Lex Luger <laughs> didn't make it here because he doesn't know if a Saturday Super Slam or what. Yeah. Uh, he, I think this it, it's an easy one because this was natural. This was him. He, did, exactly. he didn't have to act. He got to just go after whoever he wanted to, and he didn't have to really say much. He had the attitude. You We're going to believe what he had to say. I got I it sounds Superman, but like if I be ever no, nah, I'm not going to, but like if I had, had ever become a wrestler, that would be the thing, man, is I have to just scream and yell the way I would. Because I you can't put me in a character and act like them because now I'm not gonna have that real emotion. Yep. You're if you give us not a script but some bullet points to Austin, put your real emotion behind us. All right, I'm on it. That's all you need to do. It was he's just that's what I loved about him, is it was just raw, real emotion. Now Someone that it probably was raw, real emotion. I don't know. But talking about kind of like Arn Anderson earlier with that real quiet talk, same with Bray Wyatt. Well, the man who was the master of talking real quiet and slow, who comes in at number eight, is the man that likes to hold a snake between his legs at Hero Wrestling in 1999. That's Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But look at man, no one can really deliver well, again another face or heel promo. It's kind of one of those guys that even when he was a face, I'm like, ah, nothing about him sounds face other than he's just, you know, fighting heel guys, but it's kind of the same promos, you know what I mean? And but you obviously this I know that Jake is one of your all-time guys especially on the mic. How would you describe the snake? He's just not the snake. I, I was going <laughs> to the snake. Uh, he's a, long. Oh, oh my lizard. <laughs> so yeah, Jake was he it was it was the brooding. It was just the brooding. Hey, will you take my socks out of the sink? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of a snake, when you watch the Grizzly Smith episode of Dark Side, uh, they kind of talk yeah. about how you know a lot of the shit that he went through kind of shaped his his demeanor in WWE is it sounded like he was always dealing with demons. I know they did the whole booze thing and that's not what I'm talking about. It's, it's more about the, it was almost a uh, Bray Wyatt ish kind of a preamble to mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt that, that slow methodical, you know, Louisiana swamp kind of thing going on. And, and that's what but he it- had. And to kind of, not to necessarily, this is just kind of a random idea of a promo, but kind of sum up some of them is, you don't want me to go to the dark side, but if I do, you're not going to like what you get. And you know what I mean? And it is that whole, we are kind of dipping into, he does have a fucking dark past. Yeah. So for him to talk about it, very easy to deliver, especially with, you know, being very methodical with it. So, you know, that's, it's. It's it's sad that your life is what helps you do your art in some forms like that. But 
for Jake's instance, goddamn, I mean, one of the best promo men of all time because, again, he got you to listen, and it seemed real. seemed like that's exactly who he is. And, again, the extension of, that's still who he is. Yep. It was it was delivery and substance to his words. His words actually meant something. Now, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just dropped my phone. <laughs> if you heard all that tumble and rumbling K-Fan everywhere. Um, you said substance. You don't mean, never mind. Never mind, too soon. Raw's doing enough of those jokes. I don't need to do those jokes. Never mind. All right. <laughs> Why don't you talk about number seven? Because I know that uh, it's kind of pretty easy to talk about this guy and we've we yeah. goddamn nitro was on fire earlier this year because of him yeah it's it's rick flair it's fucking i mean listen you know go back to the the promos on sting uh you know from the fucking late 80s you know all the way up to you know pre uh, right around the sale of wcw the 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 fucking shit talking right on the air with eric bischoff you know, I, you can't fire me. I'm already fired. I mean, the dude, I mean, dude, you when you when you are a wrestler who started in the 70s, I don't I don't think he wrestled in the 60s. I could be wrong. But in, in the 70s and in the year 2021, you have marquee name rappers that will still reference you. And you have college football teams to the day still using one of your most famous promos, famous promos as a hype, a way to hype up before a game. There's something there. He didn't have to say a lot. He basically, I mean, you could even say it was this, the same shtick the whole time. You know, limo, you know, limo riding, jet flying. He's got a lady on each arm. He's got the champagne always cold. But you know what? He had that fire. Oh, WWF with the tear in my eye. I mean, listen, you know, we're just scratching mm-hmm. the surface here. I don't think we really have to say much more about Ric Flair. Do you know what uh, Ric Flair's favorite Chuck Berry song is? My ding-a-ling, my ding-a-ling, won't you play with my ding-a-ling, flight attendant? All right. Too soon. Is that too soon? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Perfect. Number six. I don't give a shit if you guys love him or hate him. Brace out on a mic. He really is one of those guys that we talked about. Could you be a face and do as well on, on the mic as some of the heels do? I think Cena's proved it throughout the years. Yes, some of it got old. Some of it was uh, cut, copy, paste. But he did do a great job. He did deliver every time and was solid and again one of those guys never ever slips on the mic never says the wrong thing the only time he ever messed anything is up was when he named the rock for survivor series and he basically fucking regurgitated on the microphone that's the only time i think i've ever seen him really do bad on the mic other than that i think john cena has been pretty flawless on the mic since day one from his rapping days all the way up to whatever we've seen him do in the last several years Yeah, I, I really don't have much to say because you know I hate him. But you're right. Okay. But you're right. Num- number five. <laughs> he likes to do the Slim Jim commercials. Yeah, and then if Liz gacks up, he'll yell at her in a hotel lobby. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Number five, Randy Savage. Every week. Jesus. 
what have we not said already? You know what I mean? Every week on Nitro, he was our best guy next to Flair. I mean, for a while, that was the best stuff. But now the NWO is taking over a little bit less, but maybe we'll see a little more of uh, Savage coming up soon. I have a good feeling about that. Number four. Look at whether it was in Memphis, whether it was in WWE, whether it was in ECW, nobody could piss a crowd off like Jerry the King Lawler. Hell yeah. I really don't think anybody could get in front of a crowd and make him so mad the way that Lawler did. Yeah, I mean, he's up there. Shit, we saw it in, uh, what was it, the King of the Ring tournament. We saw him just working the yeah. crowd. It was great. And now he just, earlier today, wants to see Sonny working those knobs. <laughs> There's that, too. Number three. Yeah, we all talk about the pipe bomb, but for many, many, many years, I think he's been great on the mic. We'll take out seven because he was gone, obviously, but CM Punk. Yeah, I put him at number three for a reason because I've seen him do great face Conver- or face mic work, and I've seen him do excellent heel mic work. Whether it was Straight Edge Society, whether it was the Nexus, whether it was the Best in the World gimmick, having Paul Heyman with him and saying very little, all the way up to what we're seeing now. I think that he is someone that can work with what the crowd is giving him. He can feed off of that energy. He was great in Ring of Honor. Um I've seen him work crowds that are 10 people to 10,000 to uh, whatever it was that the most he's ever done at WrestleMania or whatever. But I think that he has always been fantastic on the mic. One of my favorite things is that if you haven't ever seen this at an indie show, and I want to say it was IWA, he is in the ring holding a, uh, well, hang on, kind of like air guitar. He has an air microphone. And he is talking on the mic because, you know, those things are in, like, gymnasiums. You could hear no matter what the fuck he was saying. But he's talking into it, and this girl is yelling at him, and he gets outside of the ring and starts talking. He goes, you're stupid, blah, 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 whatever. Puts the mic in front of her. Again, no mic. Puts his fist in front of her face. As she goes to talk into it, he pulls back. He goes, you stupid bitch, there's not even a microphone here. (laughs) (laughs) That's how awesome he is on the mic as he got her to believe that there was a real fucking mic and she almost talked into his fist. (laughs) That's how awesome he is on the mic. Number two, I already talked about him earlier. I've been talking about him for weeks. The Hot Rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Again, kind of like Jerry Lawler, can antagonize a crowd and piss them off or really shit on a heel so much that the the people who are behind faces, and if he's a face, people go home and be like, wow, he took the show. He really did. Did you, did you hear what he said to that guy? Roddy was the one that pushed buttons, and he knew the right things to say at all times. Kind of another guy. Maybe he's had a bad promo. I don't know, man. He's always so weirdly batshit crazy that it just worked. You know what I mean? Like, Ultimate Warrior, nah, never worked. He's the one that got stabbed because of his promos. Thank Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, 
not something you want to aim for, but if you're like, I got stabbed once because my promos were so fucking good, <laughs> I'd be like, I made it. <laughs> That's You feel like you kind of made it at that point. But, again, I mean, when he was heel, oh, he knew how to piss a crowd off. And for the later part of his years when he was a face, damn, everyone get behind him. You heard bagpipes, and you were like, oh, we are in for a promo. doesn't matter if he's going to say a lot or a little. You knew he was going to get on the mic, and you were excited to hear him. And number one, I think, became the best promo man of all time, to be honest with you. And we just saw him make his wrestling debut, not his TV debut, but his wrestling debut at Survivor Series 96, Rocky Maivia, die, Rocky, die, turning into The Rock. As soon as he became The Rock, and I just said earlier today about that Coliseum Home Video exclusive, how shitty he was. Well, hey, everybody's got to start somewhere, like you said. And he did. And he needed the crowd to boo him for some weird reason, call himself in the third person, or by the third person name or however you want to say that, and or is that first person for third for third eighth? Whatever well, doesn't matter, man. He was a third man. Anyway, he come on. Even when he was a heel, you were loving every promo. He was mocking guys that you should be cheering. Oh yeah. And you're like, God damn, I can't help but love what you just said right there. One of my favorite, favorite favorite lines was from wrestlemania 14 he's being interviewed in the backstage long before he has to fight ken shamrock the lady's interviewing him and he's just being mr cocky and she goes let me ask you what do you feel about the homeless situation and he goes well as long as those homeless pieces of trash keep their cardboard boxes off of the ho- the rocks freshly mowed lawn everything would be copacetic <laughs> jesus christ and then all the way up to Smell what the rock is cooking. And then to some of the great shit that he even he did with Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania 31. Like that look, Stephanie, she's gonna play jump rope with your uh fallopian tubes. Or you know what I mean? Like he was just on the marker no matter what, every time on the mic. I feel like once he went to the rock mode, never a bad promo ever again. I, I could be wrong, but Not many that you'd be upset about. But that is the top 25 of our best on the mic wrestlers of all time. In two weeks, we have our final. Well, we have our final episode of the season, which will be episode 35. And we're going to take a little bit of a break. But our top topic for that night will be AEW, three years in the books. We'll be talking about some top 25 moments of theirs as well as much more. And as well as next week, we will be back with Nightwing's good shit of the week, his final one of the season. I am the professor. I bid you a farewell. And as always, ODM loves to leave us with his movie quote of the week. And since I mentioned him so many times this week, he's a man that thinks that Sonny knows how to play with some knobs. Ladies and gentlemen, he was... Number four in our list, Jerry the King Lawler. Again, you're just giving me people that with, like, regular voices. How the hell am I supposed to do the king? Just do a high-pitched voice. Hey! <laughs> That's not going to work. Uh-huh. You know what, McMahon? You can start by wiping that dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. <laughs> then you can give me a fucking automobile. <laughs> <laughs>
a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I want a fucking car right fucking now. They went from Jerry the King Lawler to like <laughs> Steve the King Martin. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The oh! Wrestling! The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by. The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. And cough. And, I mean, no, <laughs> and clap. <laughs> Jesus. This is fucking awesome. <clears throat> Choking on your chicken nuggets over there, brother? Yeah, pretty much. Choking All on right. the nuggies. Now, let's, let's, let's give this a real uh, the clap. Let's go with three, two, one. The bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, yeah.